Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey everybody, it's Brad Williams and Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by White Cloud e-cigarettes. We're not saying you should start smoking, but if you already do, awesome. And if you've ever wanted to try an e-cigarette, these are the ones to go with. White Cloud e-cigarettes offers over 20 flavors. That's almost as many as Baskin-Robbins. 20 flavors and 6 nicotine strengths. It's cheaper than other e-cigarettes that you'll see at convenience stores and with much more variety. White Cloud e-cigarettes sponsors comedians they've been doing it for over two years now they've also sponsored uh comedy festivals like the boston comedy festival and the orlando indie comedy festival if you've ever been curious about trying an e-cigarette i have well the fling is the low cost no commitment way to do so and the fling offers same day ups shipping on orders before 6 p.m eastern but is there a website? Customers can go to WCECigs.com. That's WCECigs.com. But we want to make sure our listeners get them for cheap. So is there a coupon code? To get 25% off of the order, use the coupon code ALN Podcast. That's ALN Podcast at WCECigs.com to get your White Cloud e cigarettes today. And now enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night Podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Oh. Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Well, it's bonus episode time. That's right, baby. Bonus episode today. Our guest is Big J Hollingsworth, uh, Seattle comic, uh, has been the house host of the Parlor Live up in Seattle, Washington uh, for the past four or five years. Uh, worked with some of the biggest names in comedy. Uh, Jay is a is a very special human being. Not not special like he's got some issues, but um, he's six foot eight. He's the biggest person I know. Um, I mean, I you know I felt like I knew Big Bird as a kid because you know he was in my home. Uh, well, he was in the television set that was in my home, and I felt like I got to know him. And so I, up until I met Jay Hollingsworth. I, Big Bird was the biggest person. Bird, I mean, played by a person. Whatever. Jay's a big motherfucker. <laughs> He's uh, one of the nicest dudes on the planet. Uh, a great comic. A, uh, a student of the martial arts karate dojo f- form of fight training. Fuck, I don't know. He, I, I've played Mortal Kombat twice. That's my extent of, uh, of uh, any sort of defense skill. Uh, Jay really gets into the science of uh, martial arts and uh, and how it uh, coincides with uh, comedy and how he approaches comedy. It's really uh, pretty fucking interesting. Uh, he also shares some great stories about dating a dwarf, um, uh, growing up in, uh, in, a, in a mostly black community, um, doing comedy in Seattle, uh, in which Jay shares one of the most memorable stories of my stand-up career uh, at a show at the Parlor Live in uh, Seattle, Washington, that Jay was hosting. Uh, so he tells that story, as well as his thoughts and first impressions on uh, recently moving to Los Angeles to uh, pursue his dream of, uh, of comedy. Uh, it's a big deal to move down here. Jay just did it, and we get into all that, give him a little coaching and advice, tell him what not to drink, what not to uh, wear, so he doesn't end up on uh, fashion police. 
who not to have sex with, uh, how to avoid being on TMZ, uh, how to uh, avoid uh, standing out like a giant uh, ogre in public places. Jay is uh, is a dope guy, and uh, you guys are going to really fall in love with him after this episode. Follow him on Twitter at Big Irish Jay. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad, and go see Brad uh, at the Jukebox Comedy Club in Peoria, Illinois, tonight and tomorrow, February thirteenth and fourteenth at eight and ten thirty uh, in Peoria, Illinois, the Jukebox Comedy Club. And for me, well, I'm still on the Adam Divine Stand Up Tour. It's going great so far. We've got one show under our belt. Show number two in Nashville, Tennessee, tomorrow night at the Marathon Music Works in Nashville, Tennessee. And then on Saturday, Valentine's Day, we're in Orlando, Florida at the Plaza Live. And then uh, February 15th, we're in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Maymandy Concert Hall. Um, February 17th in Amherst at the Mullen Center. Uh, and then, of course, February 19th, two shows at the Gramercy Theater in New York City, 7 and 10 o'clock. Uh, get all of your uh, uh, tickets at Ticketmaster or Google Adam Devine Stand-Up Tour and get your, uh, get your fucking tickets and come party with us. Of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Comment on the podcast on iTunes. Give it a five-star rating. Help us climb the charts. Uh, listen to it at aboutlastnightpodcast.com, on Stitcher, on your iPhone, on your Android, on the podcast app. Uh, get your podcast merchandise at astoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y merchandise.com, and, uh, and support the podcast by wearing your shirts around town. There you go. That's all the merch info. Those are the Twitter handles. Those are the tour dates. And now, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and enjoy a very special bonus episode of the About Last Night podcast with our buddy, Big Irish Jay Hollingsworth. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to our dope podcast. It's about last night. Uh, are you comfortable? Yeah, I'm good. I'm I great. always, uh, I don't, well, I've seen you sit before, obviously, but it's been, <laughs> but it's been lounging in like a comfortable chair or couch. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll. You're good. six foot. Six eight. Jesus Christ. And we walked into your apartment <laughs> yeah, together. It was, no, it was literally like, it was, it was my apartment turned into Ringling Brothers Barnum Bailey <laughs> Circus for about 15 seconds. Yeah. Brad walks in and then right behind him is Big J. And what's the size difference there, fellas? Well, I'm four foot four. You're six foot eight. So it's two, so it's two and a half feet. So essentially it looks like a scene from the movie, uh, Big Fish, <laughs> yeah. uh, with you, with you and McGregor drink oh. two. For the first Hugh McGregor reference on this podcast, nice. uh, it, and yeah, it, it, it's always. But that's always what I liked about working with you. I love the size differences. Whenever I'm on the road and there and there's like an opener or whatever, it, who's like seven feet yeah. tall, and then I come out. Like I like the two extremes. I like either uh, a guy like you or another midget opener, <laughs> which has only happened to me once, uh, one other time. But it was awesome, dude. I remember when we were in Seattle because I have a. It's a joke, but it's a true story where yeah. I went out with a little person and. Uh, I remember I was telling you, I told you I had a story about it, and you were like, oh, do it. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking do it. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't want to offend anybody in the audience. But right. It's a true story. The girl yeah. was 4'8, but she lied about her height. <laughs> On her profile? Yeah. She said she was 5'2. Oh, that whore. What, yeah. dating, what dating site was it? Liebaboutyoursize.com? Lie yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was match.com. This was in Portland, <laughs> Oregon. Wow. Shots fired. The way you said that. Match.com. <laughs> uh, 
Everybody keeps turning this off. You can, uh, you can even take the mic out if you want, if you want to uh, uh, sit back at one point. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, this, uh, I did, dude, this girl, we were talking, we're talking over match, and she t- on her profile it says 5'2, and she keeps saying stuff like she's. And uh, you lied and said you were 5'11. No, I lied and said <laughs> I was average build. Ah, well <laughs> uh, done. Uh, but girls can get scared. That's yeah, it. 6A is intimidating. Yeah, and I'm fat, so. Okay, well, you're husky. Yeah, that, that's not fat. Yeah, uh, let, husky like a whale. Let's let's now six eight. But so you 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 are honest about the size of your height, but you lie about the size of your cock. Uh, yeah, I say it's small. <laughs> well done, well played. Yeah. yeah, turn that around on us, alley hoop. Yeah, I've never understood with online. Like I've I've done online dating for a long time. You guys probably never have. Uh, does Tinder count? Yeah, yeah. Right. Tinder's great, dude. I've done Tinder, and now there's a new app. Uh, I just found it called Thrinder. Uh, that's Is that for, for threesomes. Yeah, it's for threesomes. Shut the fuck. Up. Yeah, here I'll, I'll I'll pull it up right now. I'll I'll put up on my phone. Thrinder. What are, yeah. hoping, what are we hoping to gain from you pulling up your profile? I don't know because <laughs> I shots hopefully because <laughs> I figured that we could get a girl to come over here and be like, actually, we were going for a three on one, and then just we'll like tag team it like uh, demolition style from WWF. Can I be honest? I love both you guys like brothers. <laughs> I'm not willing to engage in that type of behavior with either one of you. Have either of you done a threesome before? Yes. Okay, and you? Yeah, um, I know you have. But I. Yeah. Uh, Brad's a fucking pussy hound. But I. Uh, <laughs> I, that, you know, I had a, a conversation with a buddy about that the other day, and it was just like, and another one of my really good friends, and I was just like, dude, I, I just, I can't, I'm not willing to get to that place with you yet. Yeah. And you know, it was, actually, <laughs> I mean, also, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not that, I mean, it would have to be a very, we talk, there was a lot of things that we were just discussing sexually. It was like, like he was saying, uh, like if either one of you participated in the uh, anal sex of uh, activity. I have not done that yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. We talked she about was this. a little rough with it. <laughs> oh, you meant the other. Hilarious. <laughs> Have you, Jay? Yeah, I've done. I've. Yeah, Jesus. it doesn't do anything for me though. Well, because well, some guys do it just like a power move, just so, <laughs> like a, a power move, just so when the girl breaks their heart, they go, "Oh yeah, I fucked you in the ass," <laughs> and then you win every <laughs> argument after that. Is yeah. that really? Do you? I guess it isn't a good bargaining chip. Yeah, it's like at, at, that, at that point, no matter what happens, no matter how much she shames you or does anything to hurt you, you still have that yeah. chip of I fucked you in the ass. But there's so many more things that I would do. Like, it's not on my bucket list for sure. Uh, you've never done it? No. And okay. I don't think I ever will. Uh, I, I mean, unless you, I, you hear about like married couples that maybe just get bored. Uh, right. It's just like you want to spice it up, but it's like fucking role play. Like, there are so many, like, so many I, other things to I do. Would, I would rather role play. <laughs> Uh, like, like, like Nazi officer and <laughs> Holocaust survivor. Then do me anal. too. And that's not fucked up. <laughs> this isn't I, the only train you're going to ride tonight. Yeah, and, that would, and that would be, her, and that would be her, and that would be the young girl being rescued. Yeah. I and, see ta- nothing. Yeah. Nothing, Colonel Clink. Colonel Clink. Good Hogan's reference. F troop. Yeah, uh, yeah. See, I got it. Did you say uh, goof troop. F troop. Oh, I was like, fucking. You need to- watch Nick at night, fool. <laughs> I thought you need to fact check your wars. So no, like, the goof dude. troop was not in. World War II. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, th- I think it was Polly Shore that had that line, right? Like, they were invading the Leaning Tower of Jesus, right? Like, yeah. that was his thing. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, F Troop. I get my pop culture references. Uh, well, because the thing is, is, and also, once you've never done it, it's like, how do you bring it up with the girl and then but then the scary part is some people some people say to me well what well what if you find a girl that really likes anal sex well then that's gonna scare the shit yeah. out of me what, like yeah. if, if a girl comes to you and says i love it in the ass yeah like this is a little uh, terrifying yeah like i i was thinking about the other day i think like i i love sex as much as anybody else but i think sure. I'm, i think i'm kind of 
I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, not, I don't want to say not adventurous, but like, like I've done anal. It doesn't do anything for me. It's not, right. a, a, you know, like if I never, if it never happens again, great. It, does, it doesn't matter to me. Sure. And then uh, <laughs> talk about like it's a fever. <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing with I got a fever. Yeah. And the only cure is more anal. <laughs> yeah. nice. And the same thing with the with a threesome. Like I did a threesome before, and I was just kind of like, eh. I don't know. It didn't really... Like, if I never have another threesome, I won't really care. Well, there's a lot of pressure at threesome. Yeah. It, like, I think it's... I think if you care about making sure the girl's satisfied, then it's, like, it's a lot of f- pressure. But if you're, yeah. like... If you're just all about yourself, then you're, like, fuck it. I don't care. There's yeah, balance. Yeah. You have to uh, divvy up the attention. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, what happened on the rest of this uh, little person date? Yeah. Oh, okay. So... She, as we're talking over email, she's saying stuff like uh, she she she's got a thing for tall guys. She keeps saying that she loves tall dudes. So I was like, okay, okay cool. Check. And all of her pictures shot. online were headshots and uh, she's a pretty face. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. And then she kept telling me, she goes, uh, yeah, a lot of black guys talk to me because I have a nice ass. Okay, so, <laughs> so right now nothing is suggesting that she's below five feet. Right. Yeah. And, now let me and, ask Brad. And, and you're thinking, all right, five foot two, pretty face, nice ass. Yeah. Okay. Black dudes love her. She's thick. You're you're in. <laughs> now like, Brad, she could take me. Now, Brad, yeah. At what point in a headshot, a dwarf headshot, mm-hmm. should you be able to recognize as a dwarf? Well, see, here's the thing: is shoulders, it, is, shoulder blades down. Right. If it's <laughs> if it's my type of dwarfism, then the headshot itself would give it away okay uh, because huh? the nose the huge fucking forehead and mm. everything like that or at least i at least i can tell yeah i don't know like if i just saw if i just i don't know mm-hmm. like I, like looking at you just on your face i wouldn't yeah. be like like i like i can tell a lot of dwarves just from the headshot uh, but uh if if there's there's certainly other types of dwarfism said that, you said that like a cat like a porn casting couch <laughs> let me tell you what i can do with these little girls uh, mm, like just the headshot. <laughs> That's my porn producer Jesus, voice. Never be that guy. Yeah, come on down to the valley. We're shooting in Van Nuys this weekend. Okay, ready for some anal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, um, but a lot of little people, their type of dwarfism, you can't tell from like even if you saw a full body, yeah. you, you still like you. You'd have to have someone else have a chair like next to them, so you have like a size reference. Uh, like, yeah. oh, okay, that's something you could buy at IKEA, and I know how I, I know how high that thing is. Or like, that's a sixty-two inch TV. All right, I know that one. You know, like, you, you need like a size. Like, reference. I'm looking at your picture on that on the about last night. Uh, oh, great podcast our... about last night podcast. But your <laughs> that, like that promo shot. Yeah. Like if if I just saw that face, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, definitely that guy's a little person. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't know. Yeah, well, so, I would think Adam was. <laughs> well, sure, nice. sure. Nice. Uh, so so you're going back and forth with her, and you're like, ah, this is going good. Yeah. This is this is fine. This is going to be fun. She likes thick. She, you know, she 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 she's thick. It, yeah. She likes tall dudes. Yeah. It, all good. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be the one. So we, <laughs> we decide to meet. And, call, and, call your mom. I found her. And we met at uh, McMinimans in Hillsboro, Oregon, which is like it was so, McMinimans. Uh, McMinimans. You met a midget at McMinimans. That oh. sounds like something out of a Dr. Seuss book. Like, oh, then we went down to McMinimans to meet all the little people. It gets worse. It oh gets boy. Worse. So, so it get worse than that. You'll hear. Uh, oh. So. I get I got there early and then she pulls up and I see like you know obviously just like shoulder up in the car mm-hmm. and all of her pictures were headshots and then she got out of the car and immediately when she got out of the car I was like is that a fucking I was like is that a fucking midget oh, <laughs> I'm like geez. oh my god yeah and like in the joke that I tell and this is true I'm I'm like I'm a big dude I'm used to people noticing me and being like that that guy's a fucking freak right but I'm used to that like by myself. But like yeah. I say, I go, if I'm 6'8 and I'm kicking it with somebody 4'8, <laughs> people, are, like you said, are just like, is the fucking circus in town? Yeah, exactly. Or, or is there hidden cameras or what? So 
I can't, I can't just, I don't know. I can't just be an asshole and just be like, okay, you lied. Obviously I'm out of here. Yeah. So like I'm now stuck in this awkward date. You're just free entertainment now for everybody. Yeah. Like yeah. We're, we're, I mean, everybody's looking at us, you sure. know, wondering yeah. what's like what your relationship yeah. is or yeah. And like, like you said, like they don't know if you're, they're like, are they dating? Is it somebody brother, sister? Is that, is, is that his seeing eye midget? Uh, is this her make a wish? Yeah. Is this her make a wish? What's that? Like, are they making a sequel to my giant? Uh, what's happening here? And so, so we're there and I'm like, uh, we sit down and we had talked about like, Oh, we'll get something to eat there. And then, you know, kind of figure out from there. So now I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to just be an asshole, but I also don't want to be here any longer than I need to. So I'm trying sure. to think how quick can we eat and get out of here. So but the part that I was going to say was awful is we, I think we both got a beer and then we ordered tater tots. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. God. You Something ordered tater? The only way, yeah, the only way that could have been better is if they actually had uh, bagel bites on the menu. <laughs> And that's what you got. But corn dogs. Yeah. <laughs> tater, tater tots is still pretty solid. <laughs> so uh, we, we ate those and then we got done eating. And then uh, we we're like, uh, okay, that was, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up later or so whatever. That and was the thing. Out. Yeah. It, <laughs> dude, it was so. And that was it. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was the last time I, and, and then now I have like a six minute story that I tell yeah, on stage great. about and it. See, that's, but that's why, uh, now, did you go into online dating thinking like, Oh, if it doesn't work out, at least I'll get some good material no, out no. of this. No, because this was actually before I started doing stand-up. How much? Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. How much of your life now, though? Because you've been doing stand-up now how long? Six years. Okay. And you okay. started in? Uh, Boston in uh, uh, August 28, 2008. Right. Yeah. Uh, how much of your, when you just go about any life activity, do you think, uh, I if, like if you don't want to do something, are you like... I should do that because if I it, it'll be a good story. I could get material out of it. Like for me now, like at a point where I mean, a lot of stuff is that way. Like if That's I don't want to go to a party, I'm like, we'll go. Be like, you know, uh, or if uh, like I babysat my nieces for a week and uh, you know it was to help out my sister so she right. could have a vacation. And also I wanted to hang out with my nieces, but a part of me was like, oh god, that's going to be like a lot of work. But I was like, do it for that reason because like who knows? Because it's something yeah, you yeah. haven't done yet, so it's going to create some new experiences that you know. Uh, and obviously, the more you you know hone your point of view, you're going to have more to say about anything yeah. you're doing. So I'm curious if you're like, there's something you don't like to do that like, <clears throat> you know, I've never I, that's uh, that's actually I like that. I never have thought that. I've never thought like if somebody says something you want to do this, and my first thought is ugh. I'm just like, nah, I don't want to do it. But yeah, I yeah. actually like that idea. Like I always, as far as my stand up, I always say everything I say on stage is either it's either something that happened to me or something that I believe strongly in. Yeah, you know. Uh, but I actually like that. But I, you can apply both of those yeah. to something like an experience that you didn't. You Absolutely, know. yeah. No, I actually I like that. Yeah. Uh, it makes me making me reexamine well, my what life. You do when you come on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean it changed my life. And then, and, <laughs> well, then, I don't know about that. and then we have your seventh grade girlfriend in the back. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna bringing her out in a second. <laughs> we're all and we're, we're all just gonna sing Kumbaya. I mean, but you had to do, and this is recently because how because how long have you lived in LA now? Uh, middle of February. Middle of February. That'll yeah. be a year. Yeah. Okay. So you let's had, start at the beginning, Boston. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's go back. Yeah. Okay. So oh, so started in Boston. I uh, I did a stand up comedy class. I had asked a girl out. Like I I think like most guys, you know, everybody thought I was funny or or told me oh you should do stand up. Yeah. Well, let me ask this too. How yeah. tall? Were, like yeah. How tall were you like as a kid? And did, did was funny a part of that? Um, when I was ten, I was five five. Okay. Because I was gonna say like holy shit. Nice. I know, I know that because I had a little soccer sports card. Okay, that had my stats. Of course, <laughs> and I was ten. I was Stat, five five. Stats was goalie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every position. Uh, 
And then I know, like in high school, I think I was like six five, six six. Okay, Holy shit. So, and, but you never teased for your height. Um, no, but I, I grew up like I went to like predominantly black schools. Uh, I went to an all black church. Oh shit. Growing up, like I, I was, I bounced around between my mom, my dad, and my grandparents, and like my grandparents was always considered home to me because that was a stable house. Like they lived there for forty some years, and where my grandparents lived was, I mean it. I, I hate saying the hood because there's no really hood in Oregon, but it was like <laughs> it was like the urban area, Yo, the black area. Mean streets of Eugene, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like six houses down from me lived uh, the Garlington family, and their family, their dad was the pastor at Maranatha Church, black church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to church, I went to all black church. I was that's in this- incredible. You you got to go to Sister Act every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, sister, come on. <laughs> I'm just fucking. Dude, no. Is it sister? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Much Thank better. You. No R. You got no a R. Without the A. Yeah. That's so funny. And then I was in this thing called Basic, which was Brothers and Sisters in Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> which, Holy which, which Saturdays, instead of going to bars, we'd go bowling or Christian It's things. awesome. Yeah. No, it was, it so, was, so, so you just go dry hump? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dry is humping. the uh, Christian faith a big part of your... No, not at all. Okay. No. But it was something to be a part of, and it was... Yeah, it was, it was like most people assume that I'm Irish Catholic, or I would have been Irish Catholic. Like, growing up, nobody ever told me or made me go to church. So I actually didn't start going to church like like i'd go with my cousin on occasion and that was like they were catholic but as far as like i think it was around when i was 18 or 19 i was like okay i'm i'm searching for something i decided i wanted to go to church and that's when i mm-hmm. started going to maranatha how do they accept you the uh, black community uh oh it was great uh, now okay so I, I mentioned the garlington family their dad was the pastor right uh my buddies matt and mark um their sons were like they were like brothers to me <laughs> the brothers uh Hilarious. and uh <laughs> And so, like one one of them played like in the in the band at church, and uh, and then we would go to other churches sometimes because they play all throughout Portland at different churches. And one time we went to a, um, a Baptist church, like ours was non denominational. Okay, but we went to a Baptist church. You know, the just think of the most stereotypical Baptist church. Are you about to play holy, something? Holy, yeah. holy, yeah, holy, holy, <laughs> like exactly. the old time. Exactly, love it, and. Uh, and my buddy Mark is sitting next to me, and Johnny, um, one of the other sons, was playing up there. And Mark keeps saying stuff to me to try and get me to laugh. And I'm literally the only white guy in this whole – and I'm like – I'm crying, trying not to laugh. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to be disrespectful. That's disrespectful, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. A, it's just, a, it's just disrespectful. Yeah. But like and you're I'm thinking, white. You're thinking, <laughs> of course, you have that white guilt yeah. that you can't help have being around a full black church. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, you're going to see me laughing in here. Like I'm making fun of them, yeah. right? And it's I'm gonna get, I'm the one gets gets his ass kicked, and you just walk out of here laughing. Now, you did know? you have any sort of plan? Like if I if I do laugh and get caught, like what's what am I gonna say? Like he farted, or like <laughs> he said, how funny would it be if like I was the priest? I, like, I probably would have just pretend like I got the Holy Ghost and just <laughs> praise Jesus. I don't know. Now did I that, don't know. I now did that kind of stuff really happen? Oh yeah. Would people like put their hands up oh. and shake on the ground and do and, yeah, and they do break all that dance and all. Like we used oh, shake on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You never see it. No. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. People that drop and just, yeah. They just start convulsing? Yeah. They, 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 oh. they, they drop, and it's like, uh, what was that game? Uh, did you ever play the game Jitterbug? <laughs> like, it, it, like it, Milton Bradley Jitterbugs, and it, they, like, rattle yeah. on the ground really quick. Yeah. It, it, it was like that. Like, it's some, someone laying down and, like, frying bacon, just, like, jiggling <laughs> right there in the pan. Oh, yeah. It's dude. insane to okay. watch. And there was, there was a guy at Maranatha that was always, he was always in the back of church, 
And he, he, like, whenever the pastor would say something, all he would do, always, he would just go, mm-hmm, word. <laughs> That's all he ever said. Did the commentary during mm-hmm. church. hmm word. <laughs> Which meant he agreed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, pastor. Yeah. Okay. That's word. what word translates So as. you would uh, attend church, and then, uh, and, and uh, why, now why more at your grandparents' place than at your folks' place? Uh, well, my pops, uh, he, he's never been a religious person. He was like, yeah. a, he played pro football for a couple of years or a year. Uh, and then he was like a longshoreman and he was blue collar guy. He'd never, yeah. I remember when I started getting into church, I would try and like lecture him. Convert him. Oh no. I would like, I was oh, you're going out drinking. And he's like, and he would just like, fuck you kid. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. Exactly. He'd be like, ah, oh, fuck you. Got God in your life for six months. You're trying to lecture me. Irish. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's yeah. like, go oh, fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, well, I guess you don't want Jesus right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So, uh, were you a funny kid though? Um, you know, I was pretty, uh, I moved around a lot. Like I added it up one time and I think it came to like, I had gone to, I think it was 18 schools. Shut up. Yeah. How many wow. Years? Oh, like just, you know, from when you start going to school through high Still. school. So yeah. That's like every year. It was uh, a year. You there was some that maybe it was eight. Maybe it was eight. Maybe okay. it wasn't 18. Did maybe you, it was eight. You were the original Carmen San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have a favorite city or school? Um, I like Seattle a lot. I, I like Seattle. Seattle after Boston. I think Seattle's my second favorite. That's city. where you ended up for school wise. Like that's where you. Uh, well, I, it was. I, w- I went from. I started in in Oregon, then went to Seattle, then yeah. back to Oregon. Um, and I like. I mean, I, as far as school, I didn't really give a shit about any. But I mean, of them. what about the starting and stopping, like, and making new friends? Like that's just that mindset is. I mean, that's like. Uh, as like an uh, an athlete, like getting traded to a, yeah. a team and having to just start, and everyone thinks like, oh, oh my, minus the eight million dollars a year and bitches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, when it's happening, <laughs> well, is... I don't know. Let's see what happens. <laughs> no, he's right. Yeah. Uh, his uh, his third grade was crazy. I was trading juice boxes for fucking blowjobs. <laughs> God, I wish. Uh, I, uh, I, I like it, when it's happening. At the time, as a kid, you know, you're saying goodbye to all your friends, and it, you think it's the end of the world. Yeah. But looking back, I think it's, uh, it was huge in that, like, I feel like I can blend in any scenario, which I think a lot of comics, you know, you, it helps you read in a room, yeah. reading people, you know, like. Oh, because some comics don't, and, well, some comics, but also just a lot of some people, like, just don't yeah. have the social skills. Because oh, yeah. of, and that is largely due in part to the, like, how they came up and like if their you know, parents were social and like you know if they observed their parents being social if they had bro- if they didn't have brothers and sisters and yeah and you know ha- changing schools a lot it's like you have so I'm like that's good that you adapted from that yeah yeah I mean it was uh, yeah it was always you're always meeting new people and uh, I mean you know I've met people growing up that are lifelong friends now and uh, like mm-hmm. all over you know and then also with moving like I moved to, like I I lived I've lived in let me see this is all pretty much before comedy like I lived in. Oregon, lived in Seattle, Washington, lived in Sacramento, lived in Tampa, lived, yeah. Yeah, moved to Boston. Holy shit. So, uh, which, you know, Boston's so, my favorite. And then yeah, and th- so logically you're like, oh, I'll just go on the road, do comedy, and that's going to be the same as my, no- yeah. my normal life. Plus, you're already, like, familiar with the cities. Yeah, and I've, I think uh, I've done it six times where I've literally, I've been somewhere and I'm moving somewhere else, and I've literally sold everything I owned other than clothes and, like, my car and pictures and picked up and moved somewhere i did it when i moved to boston and back tampa and back what is that mindset like um just saying fuck because that is a huge dude i mean like that and that's what i'm saying because like if you've been out in la for how long now nine months roughly. right yeah. and like you were just telling us like your living situation not being ideal yeah. but it's like but it's it, dude it's like it's a part of the like uh 
won't take no for an answer, like gonna fucking like make it. However, uh, oh, yeah. you know, uh, well, there's two things. There's two parts. Well, the first part, as far as like you, with the mindset of doing that, um, I filed bankruptcy in like uh, I think it was around 2000. And uh, oh, Jesus, I know. The fucking mood down. Sorry, guys. All right, that was well. You that can, was the first time. I got ten dollars oh, in some halls. <laughs> that was the first time. Yeah. Shit. Um, <clears throat> What's that like? Well, that's a this this event kind of helped me get my mind around shit. I, I used to teach mixed martial arts, and my my old martial arts instructor, Carrie, one of my dearest friends, uh, when I was filing bankruptcy the first time, I was like trying to liquidate or sell all my stuff, yeah. right? And I, I remember he was at my place, and like couches are being taken out, big screen TVs, you know, I'm selling, and I, I was just sitting there, just going, "Jeez, you know, God, I'm getting rid of this and this," and he's just sitting there, let me. He's like, "Yeah, yeah," and then when I finally stopped talking, he just goes, he just looks at me, he goes. Yeah, it's all just shit. <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, it's all just a bunch of shit. They're just. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, items. Yeah, he's like, you got your health, you got people that love you, you got people that care about you. All this shit is, it's just shit. It can be replaced. And ever since then, it isn't be- it funny? Like so simple for him. Yeah. To say, but you were just, you heard it, you heard it, so with so much impact in that yes. moment. Exactly. And I, that's I realized at that point that I own my things. My things don't own me. And so, yeah. so ever since then, yeah, yes. that should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> a <little laughs> long, but okay. Yeah, wow, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, the student just became the teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's a mixed martial arts. It's by, uh, yeah. by the way, like it's like, we'll oh, you do not own your things. Yeah, your they, things. they own yours. Switch right. it around. Yes. This racist moment has been brought to you by Brad Williams <laughs> yes. doing ignorant yeah. accents. I'm doing. And why are you doing the accent. eyes? Nobody can see. Or that, or that's just what I do. It's more fun that way. By the way, I'm just trying to make you laugh. By the way. <laughs> oh, God. What are you, Daffy you Duck? Yeah, the Asian sudden? duck. Yeah, that, yes. That's number two on the menu. By the way, that's, Brad, that's Brad's Italian accent, by the way. That's, not even, <laughs> that's what I meant. Oh, is that Italian it, eyes. Isn't, isn't that what we are doing? <laughs> wow. We, we are doing it's Italian. definitely Cantonese. It's definitely yeah, we, a Cantonese we are doing Italian. I don't, I don't even know. Uh, I, I I live two blocks away from Chinatown. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to impersonate them. It's that so funny. Thing. It's so funny how the longer you do like a stereotypical uh, ethnic accent, the funnier it gets. I know. Oh, is that what you were going to say? I'm sorry. <laughs> the more uncomfortable and slash hard I get. <laughs> uh, oh, that too. I mean, I have a thing for old Korean men. Um, all right, so uh, so you just say, okay, well, so okay, so you're like, wow, I I don't need a couch, I don't need a TV. Yeah, and I and, can- and I've, it, all this stuff is, you know, whenever I've moved somewhere. Uh, the stuff has been, you know, eventually I replace it and it, it yeah. seems like it's always better than what I had previously. Like, sure. um, I sold everything I owned when I was living in Hillsborough, Oregon to move out to Boston. Then I got in Boston, had a great job. I was a operations or no, I was a, a director of technical support for this company. Uh, was making great money. Awesome. Uh, had this great apartment overlooked, uh, Quincy and, uh, I was making, you know, over six figures, all this great stuff. Fucking Quincy kid. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then I got laid off. And immediately I was like, okay, sold everything, then moved to Seattle. Wow. Yeah. Now watch you, Seattle. Um, you, and, and you even stick around in Boston. You just said, I fuck could, it, well, I'm my, out. Yeah, I, was on, I had a one-bedroom apartment that was 1600 a month. And mm-hmm. as soon as I got laid off, I was like, all right, I can't afford can't this. Can't afford that, yeah. Um, and it was crazy because my buddy Jaron had just come out to visit from Seattle uh, and I had just taken him to the airport, went back to work, and they're like, hey, can we talk to you for a sec? I walk into this office. They're like, hey, we're laying everybody off. We're sorry, blah, blah, blah. I called Jaron at the airport. I'm like, ah, you shouldn't have left. I'm, I literally just got laid off. And he's like, what? And I, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's like, well, I got a house. Uh, I got a room um, that I can rent you, 500 flat. And I was like, all right, I'm in. And so that was that was it. So that's how you pick Seattle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wow. Now, where's the jujitsu uh, come into play? Um, that was so, so I uh, well the, all the different martial arts. I started off boxing when I was a kid, um, 
And then I did uh, Marshall. Which to me just sounds cheating because you're already big enough. It's like he doesn't need anything else. That's like, 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 like the one guy on Mike Tyson's punch out that was like <laughs> nine foot seven. Yeah. The fat one? Thanks. <laughs> King Hippo? That, was that his name? Yeah. yeah. Was it really? Yeah. yeah there, was, there was a King Hippo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I, I do remember that. But, but when, yeah, when like a guy your size starts learning martial arts, for me, that's like it, 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 it's like when the Patriots get like a number one oh, draft yeah. pick. I'm like, really? We, no, they're, they're good. <laughs> Okay. Well, do you get here? I'll I'll tell you. And my dad told me this when I was growing up. Do you get people ever fucking with you, like wanting to fight you? Never. Okay. And see, my dad told me growing up because he knew I was going to be a big, big dude. He was. Yeah. He told me straight up. He's like, people are going to fuck with you, and they're going to want to fight you because because if that, a guy goes is to that a bar, like an alpha male thing, like like. Well, I'll put it this you. way: like if you're the if you're the kind of guy that that's how you you know pump yourself up is to try and fight people yeah if you go to a bar and you see adam you're like okay if i kick the shit out of this guy people will be impressed but then they see me if i yeah. kick the shit out of the six eight dude and everybody's gonna be like oh this guy so yeah. it's a legend you know you learn how to diffuse shit through talking and stuff but uh i, I that wasn't why i got into martial arts i, I boxed when i was a kid then i did a a style called off Occident, uh which was uh muslim or islamic she's for, the starting forward for, for the seattle yeah. storm <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was kind of a it, the guy that taught it he was Muslim and it was a mixture of all these different martial arts and uh, like the, the original reason why I got into martial arts was it literally was the beauty of it like I, I remember watching Bruce Lee movies and like yeah I was impressive seeing him kick the shit out of people but like his flow and everything I, I always just thought it's like an art that, form yeah I literally mm-hmm. felt like it was the 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 physical the art the art side of it it just blew me away so I did then I moved uh, and did Wunhap Kundo which was uh, taught by Al Dacascus which the base of that was called Kaju Kembo, Karate Judo Kembo, Chinese Boxing. And then... Jesus, say that ten times fast. <laughs> yeah. And then I moved no, to Seattle. say that ten times fast. Kaju Kembo, Kaju Kembo, Kaju Kembo. All right. Uh, <laughs> and then I moved to Seattle, and in my head, I was pretty much like, okay, I'm done with martial arts, you know. And then a guy I worked with at Verizon, he kept telling me, he's like, oh, dude, you got to meet my roommate's uncle. He's one of Bruce Lee's students. And Whoa. I, and I was just yeah. like, okay. Cue coming in pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I was kind of like, everybody tries in martial arts has like some connection to bruce lee or they try to really oh yeah it'd be like it'd be He's like dude it's like a guy saying oh yeah I, I tour with dave Chappelle in comedy but what they mean is I he came to i did a guest spot or on a or, show on a, at, a, at a club that he was on he, two weeks ago yeah, yeah exactly uh so that i mean that's like how people try it like it'll be like oh my my instructor's instructor had a brother that trained with bruce and he taught us this one thing and so yeah conne- you know it's a connection yeah okay. so so my this guy I worked with, he's like, oh, you got to meet my roommate's uncle. He's one of Bruce Lee's students. And I was kind of like, okay, all right, I get it. But he kept bugging me. So finally I was like, well, I'm not really interested in doing martial arts anymore, but I'll, I'll go see what this guy has to say. And let me guess what he sounded like, Brad? Uh, he, he, you, you walk in and said, hello, <laughs> big Irish Jay. Nice to see you. What, what, what is most weird is I am actually from Zimbabwe. <laughs> Wow. Now it's turning Italian into Zimbabwe. No, now it's turning into Elmer Fudd. Wask a rabbit. Shit. It is. Be very Christ. quiet. Oh, We're doing the dragon punch. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Uh, so I go I go up to um it's called it was or yeah, it's still called this, but it's called Wing Chun Do. 
which Bruce Lee's original system was Wing Chun, uh, which was named after a woman. But Everybody Wing Chun tonight. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> Thank you. That's it. You, you just start you. dancing like oh, Wham. Thank you. And you know what? I'm going to drop the mic. That's uh, the greatest joke God. I've ever told in my was life. Was that Wham? I'm going to retire to comedy. What? Uh, no, that was... Uh, uh, or were they called Wing Chun? Was that, that 10,000 Cannibals? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No. Somebody will tweet out. Keep talking. I'm going to... Everybody Wing Chun tonight? Yeah. Everybody Wing Chun. Have fun tonight. Yeah. Everybody Wing Chun tonight. Uh, All right, so you're okay. So I go in there. I walk in the gym, and immediately on the on the wall is this huge poster of Bruce Lee and this guy. His name's James DeMille, doing what's called chi sao or that's not, sticky. That's hands. not as cool of a name as Bruce Lee. No, and he he was Filipino or part Filipino, so he okay. didn't have that accent. I'm sure here hit, the, the, hit it. The band Filipino. the band is called Wang Chung. I knew it. I was right. The song After is called it. Everybody Have Fun Tonight. All right. Really? I did not know that. Ah, I learned. We something just sound that. By the way, that was just like a moment of like a couple's like game night party. <laughs> it is. You know, totally. like that's that fact. Oh, it's just like it's it's gotten such a stale uh, moment in the party because everyone hates it there in their relationship. And did you know? And confined <laughs> to a game night. And then, yeah, and somebody's like, and did you know Wang Chun is actually the song, and they all collectively go oh we hate ourselves <laughs> all right so james uh james demile Bill there's paxton's on the wall with bruce lee yeah james mm-hmm. demile's up there doing chi sale on this old 1960 picture so i'm like all right so obviously this guy kind somehow knew bruce yeah. lee so i go in to do what they call the intro uh and you know i had again i had done different types of fighting styles so in my head i was kind of like well i I'm not really interested in point fighting or tournament fighting. I, I think I could handle myself against just an average Joe on the street, so I'm pretty much done. But I do this intro, and it was like a 180 in everything that I had thought about fighting. How so? Um, like, for example, uh, like most, most styles are side stance. And like one of the mentalities is you present a smaller target. And, and Sijo is the title. It's a, it means teacher or grandmaster in, in Chinese, but Sijo James DeMille. But he was saying... Uh, he was like, yeah, you present a, sp- a smaller target. That's great if you plan on getting hit. But he's like, I don't, I don't plan on getting hit. You know, oh, I don't want to get a badass hit. move. Dude, oh, dude, he's got a bunch of them. Like he would, he's, he was an overweight dude. And he was like, people tell me, oh, how can you fight? You know, he's like, I can give eight to 10. I can give a hundred percent of my energy for eight to 10 seconds. He goes, it's not a social event. I'm not there to dance. It's a fight. <laughs> dude, the guy's shit. got a bunch of these. Yeah. So, that, yeah. That and he says, and, and by the way, that's all I'm going to need. Yeah, and exactly. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Dude. And, uh, so, like, with... with uh, does, that, does that apply with women, too? Is he like, <laughs> eight seconds is all you get. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a power move. And, uh, <laughs> and so I do this intro. Oh, another one of the concepts, like, there's a, there's a thing called the pure startle, which, like, Bruce Lee, a lot of people, obviously, from watching Bruce, realize how fast he was. And he had the... There was... One of his concepts is, like, everybody always tries to think, get faster, get faster. And his idea was... You don't want to get faster. You just startle. Startle is the purest form of speed, which everybody startles. Like, as an example, if a bee flies by your head, you don't, you don't pause and go, hmm, is that a bee or is that a fly? Or No, you just you freak React. out. Yeah, right. and that's a pure startle. There's no technique to it. It's just a startle. And you're so vulnerable in a startle, right? Like, everything right. is so On a open pure startle, correct. Like, correct. You're, you're not thinking about where your neck is, is positioned. Right. I'm, I'm just assuming. No, this is, no, this is a perfect. Uh, uh, if somebody scares you, if somebody screams at you, yeah. You jump, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's called a pure startle. And the, so, what we would do in class is we would do a pure startle to kind of get everybody into the, uh, understand it, and then we do what's called an applied startle. So, an example 
This is so boring. Pro, like I start talking about no, martial arts. I'm, and fa- I get, I'm fascinated. Okay. by this. like I start. I start rambling. The star- when- no, the startle is is so powerful. Like in the last threesome I was in, Brad popped out. <laughs> Brad popped out an yep. Asian. Popped da- out of who? Bra- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say popped out in an Asian Daffy Duck costume. <laughs> popped out of who is much better. <laughs> popped out I of who? I said, Adam. You must use the purest form of the technique <laughs> on, on on these women. You will only need a second. And when you're done with that, everybody wearing trunks tonight. Uh, pop that a who sounds like um, the, the 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 Parker's uh, board game that Brad would. Such a I don't know what to do over the song right now. I don't know. Just playing it. Well, let me finish. Pop that a who sounds like the board game that like you would have. <laughs> and, it's like you find, and you have all these different locations. It's like where's Waldo meets Guess Who. So you, find, you have little cutouts of Brad. That's and there's great. all these things that you Dude, like. That's, you got him. There's all these things you pull Brad out of. It's like Brad popped out of Who. No, it's like a, all these different uh, right. occupations in a neighborhood, oh. and you try to figure out which person Brad popped so out. So. Brad, did the thing that Brad popped out of make over $150,000 a year? No. All right, lawyer, click. Hilarious. Athlete, click. Hilarious. Dude, you should, when you go to new cities, you should have a little cutouts and put it somewhere with, like, free tickets. And it's the popped out of who. Give hints to it, like Ari Shafir does with weed. You know about that? No. Ari goes to different cities, and he'll plant weed somewhere. He'll put it somewhere, and then he'll tweet out hints where you can find the weed. No shit. Yeah. So it's a weed scavenger hunt? Exactly, dude. Wow. Dude, he's like the Willy Wonka of pot. <laughs> yes, yeah. Totally. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. That's a fun thing to do to connect with the fans. Oh, no. It's it's great. It's so smart. Uh, okay. So you're... Uh, oh, the pure startle. Yeah. So, uh, so the, you have the pure startle, which just like you said, I mean, uh, you know, you don't think about anything. You just are reacting, you're right? You're exposed. So we, we would do a pure startle at the beginning of class. And the way we do that, or like we would cultivate that. So we would have people close their eyes and we do... Uh, Vase med- vase meditation, vase meditation, however you want to say it. So where we would tell them, relax down, breathing in through your nose, visualize it going down, collecting all your stress from the day, exhale out through your mouth. And we're totally getting them relaxed. And as we keep talking to them and we keep trying to relax and relax, and we would take the mats, the focus mitts, and just fucking bam, hit them, smack them as loud as we could. And that's, yeah. we would say it's like you're getting shocked. No technique, just react, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we relax them down again. We do that a few times. Then we would do what's called an applied startle, which... Same thing, we would relax them down, and then when we hit the mitts, what you would do is you would, you would step and clear, and then fire off, it's called chunk choice, these punches. You, so you'd step away, clear, and then just start firing at, this, at your target. And uh, that's an applied startle. So the, the goal is, if somebody were to jump out at you in the bushes, instead of you just going, oh my god, you, you fucking you clear, and then you, you're ready to fucking fire on them. Wow. Okay. So, so that and that and that puts you in that mindset. So no matter what, some no matter what's happening, you you always have some sort of technique. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not just like you're saying you're vulnerable and stuff. And uh, I mean, there's so many concepts in this that like just blew me away. Like there's one of my favorite was uh, closing on the mental half step. Which is mental half step. Yeah, like so. What taught by Hakeem Olajuwon? <laughs> yeah, no, dude. You'll I, and some people do this anyways. Like, there's closing on a physical half step, which is like you know sometimes boxer or a fighter they'll they you you're bouncing and you can time the rhythm and then you can close in on the rhythm when they're on a half step, right? Where they're not expecting it, um, like because there's like a rhythm to fight. There really right? is a musicality. To oh yeah, absolutely. Form. So I mean, obviously the, the the tranquility and the calmness of it, you probably were attracted to, right? Like it, I love like, the science of it, which is also what I love about comedy. Like I love the science of comedy, and I love the science of this. The way of constructing Angles and, and joke, and, and yeah, for yeah. sure, and timing, and and yeah, uh, and, and you know, and I mean, the same way that you like, you know, startle somebody. 
uh, or catch them when they're off guard and like misdirection and like yeah uh, yeah I guess they were very comparable. And uh, this the closing on the mental half step it was it's it again it, the, everything in this system is geared towards a street encounter. So don't mm-hmm. think. And it's a modern system. It's not like a lot of traditional systems are like, this is how it's been done for 400 years. Don't ask questions. Just do it. Ours was like, this is what we do. This is why we do it. Yeah. And if you have questions, ask. And we'll tell you. We'll explain and show you. And like, Yeah, it's always weird because uh, I took a couple of martial arts when I was a kid. And then it's people like, and then you grab their gi right here. It's like, well, if someone fights me on the yeah. street, they're not going to have a gi on. Yeah. Because if they walk down the street in a gi, you're like, that eh, motherfucker's probably going to fight somebody. Yeah. We had a dude that was with the... I think it's called the Dragon Society. It's like pressure points. And he, uh-huh. come, he came in and he was doing a seminar. <laughs> and during a break, C.J. walks up to him and he says to the instructor, this guy that's the guest, and he goes, hey, uh, don't be all mystical when you teach this. None of this shit works in the street. <laughs> and the guy just was like, okay. <laughs> and just like flat out told him, like, oh, yeah, uh, C.J. does we, not care. Yeah, we could all kill you. Yeah, like we, we did a seminar. We went out to Montana to do a seminar. At, I think it was like a Taekwondo school. And we're at this guy, other guy's school. And he was like, oh, yeah, we don't, can you guys take your shoes off? And CJ was like, no, we don't, we, you wear sh- shoes in the street, we wear shoes. So, wow. If wow. you to teach us, then. This is like the break into electric boogaloo of martial <laughs> arts. Yeah. Just, it's all about the streets, yeah. motherfucker. Wait, so. Oh, was, I never told you the mental half step. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, so, just, so when they were saying this is designed for the streets. Yeah. Everything, it, it, like, that's one of the things Wing Chun Do or modern Gong Fu is what we ended up calling it, but, uh, Everything was geared towards a street encounter. We 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 called it. We used the initials ESP: efficiency, simplicity, practicality. Efficiency, no wasted motion. Like a lot of martial arts, you you know you block a guy's hand, then you hit his arm 15 times as you work your way up to his head. Why? If his head's there, just take the head. Hit him in the head. Holy shit! So that's efficiency. Simplicity has to be dating life too. Take the head. (laughs) Simplicity has to be natural to the body. So like as an example, Taekwondo has some amazing athletes, amazing techniques, stuff I could never do. Uh, but the greatest Taekwondo guy in the world, if he takes like a month or two off, his body's going to naturally atrophy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like our system, I, like I could do everything in the system still to this day because it's natural to the body. I don't have to stretch or my body's not doing anything that it doesn't, isn't naturally able to do. So that was uh, simplicity and then wow, practicality. So like the couch potatoes, martial art. Again, eight to 10 seconds, 100% of my energy. <laughs> uh, it's not a social event. And then uh, practicality has to work in the street. It has to be something that's going to work in the street. How it's much a- specificity is there with each? Uh, uh- like a genre of fight like you said that this one was designed like hey this is all for the street other some that's like hey this is for if you're you know in a fucking cubicle fight or yeah. this one's for like a coffee, well, yeah. bean, coffee bean bathroom exchange absolutely like, comes so you with a stapler now all this story a lot of these well not a lot of every story i'm telling you that has to do with bruce lee was relayed to me by james demile so th- i'm not trying to promote like oh i knew bruce obviously but sure. uh but using your question uh like wing chun traditional wing chun that bruce did and then wing chun do is a variation of it uh is very in close fighting um like i know i can't show this on the podcast basically from like your elbow it's like it likes to be in close uh mm-hmm. and so they in in back in china bruce lee like it's crazy how i mean they brawled so as an example, like let's say you're a, Adam, you're a Hungar instructor, right? Yep. Let's say you're the master of Hungar in this province in China. Look at him, I believe it. And Brad, you're a master of Wing Chun, right? I'm, I've been the master of Wing Chun. Exactly, Wing Chun. So right, you guys could be talking. <laughs> a master. You could be talking, and and you, Adam, might say, "Oh, I got this six month Hungar student. That's great." And then Brad goes, "Oh, I have a six month Wing Chun guy. That's great." And you go, "Oh, we'll have them fight." And then those guys have to fight. Like to represent their school, but this is what's crazy: is back in Bruce's day, 
they used to fight in like hotel rooms. And I guess Bruce would say that it was one of the scariest things because what would happen is they would basically lock you in a hotel room. And if a guy gets knocked out, the other guy, hypothetically, he could just, I mean, he could do whatever once you're knocked out. But what the Wing Chun dudes, a lot of them would do is as they were taking an elevator up to the room, because an elevator's in tight, yeah. they would stop the elevator and just fight in the elevator. Holy shit. Oh, it was just shit. close quarters, yeah. And just, just say, Ray Rice style. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I can't imagine. I think that was his girl's name, Wing Chun. <laughs> Hilarious. I, that's like such uh, close quarters to get. Yeah. I mean, like, so you really got to, uh, wow, man. But, yeah. I, but, but I've seen you, you demonstrated the. With the one-inch punch? Yeah, the, yeah. the, 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 the one-inch punch, which is ironically the nickname for my dick. But. <laughs> no, you have a, uh, not that I would know. I've heard mm-hmm. about your fucking massive cock. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hey, uh, that's got to be, for you, that's got to be the fucking greatest. <laughs> <laughs> like now, now I want to hold up it. Massive, is it massive? <laughs> well, I, I, and I can I, I take like, this. Let, I'll take why I know this. Or oh, why okay, this. Okay, honest, okay. Let's have an honest talk here. Okay, <laughs> where I was, I was the house MC at a comedy club uh, that both Adam and uh, uh, Adam and Brad have both headlined. Can you not multiple say multiple times? No, I, I can say it. Parlor okay. Live. Yeah, but, yeah. Parlor Live uh, in Seattle. Yeah, Parlor Live in Bellevue, and now they have one in Seattle. Also, mm-hmm. I was there for like three or three and a half, four years. I don't know, but. Uh, there was somebody, I, I'm not going to say this person's name. There was okay. a green room attendant. Oh God, I know who it is. Yes, you do. Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, hold on. <laughs> you don't know this story with you. I know that it was another person. Okay. So yeah, I know that story. Cause I too. got, cause I, there was always some flirtatious vibes, uh, with everyone. Throat, she, which she yeah, yeah. So, and I never partook cause I didn't want to, you know, well, you know, she was on the, she was on great Fitzsimmons podcast talking about this. She said her nickname, my, my story. No, no, no. Just okay. about her. Like oh, in high God. school, they called her the head nurse cause she supposedly gives great blowjobs. All and right. She, I'm going to go get tested. Everybody. <laughs> she, uh, she talked about how, Oh yeah. Did you she, not know that? Wait, it gets better. She's talked uh, she told Greg how she blew Polly Shore. Oh, now I really yeah, have to dead. get tested. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm not even alive right now. I died eight years ago. This uh, is all, this is all a dream. Uh, so when Brad was up visiting, they're in the green room and this, the green room attendant and Brad are like, she's flirting with Brad and stuff. And, uh, I think she asked basically straight up, like, how big are you? And he's like, do you want to see it? And she goes, sure. And I'm in the fucking green room. So I just turn, I'm like, okay, let me know when you guys are done. Yeah. And then, but also half of you is like, shit, man, this might be the only time I can take a peek where it's not weird Yeah. because it's there. And I'm not going to, if I get up and leave, that's again, disrespectful, like, like yeah. you know, yeah. but you also don't want to like fully look because then that's yeah like, can, uh, yeah like woo yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, for sure don't make that noise yeah, 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 yeah don't make that Ooh, and it's salty uh, how about that so i just i'm looking away and i just hear her go oh my <laughs> now, does, that, now does it make it now when you take now when you take a dwarf penis out does it go like, like, it, like yeah is there like a noise that, there's like, definitely like a, there, there's definitely like a 1967 a batman type thing where it comes out it's like bam pow you know like like yeah. like that uh, that whole thing happens yeah, but see, a flag shoots out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but see, much like a martial art, uh, the 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 re- the reveal of the dwarf penis, a lot of it has to do with the element of surprise because <laughs> they're because they're 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 expecting wah, 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 like they're like you know like because I'm tiny, so they expect yeah. it to be really fucking tiny. So it doesn't even have to be that big. <laughs> it, it, it has to be average at best, and they're still like, oh, well, that's I didn't know was not expecting that. Yeah, like we could have the exact same size dick yeah but it's gonna look massive on you and Huge. so small on me it would look pathetic yeah. on you that would, yeah. that, that, that would just look yeah. awful on you my uh, cock 
So let's make that happen right now. No, wait, no, no, no. I was waiting to see how long that pause was going to hold before I was going to have to shut down the fucking <laughs> podcast. All right, so. Um, I don't know how we got on that topic. Oh, I, know. Uh, I don't know. The, yeah. Oh, he said it was the, the one-inch one inch punch. punch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I still Brad's always steering conversations okay. back towards... Back to his massive cock. Uh, yeah. So you, you did the one-inch punch on me, though. I've done it on like Doug Benson's podcast like three or four times. He yeah. fucking loves it when I... Do it on somebody. Yeah, you did it to Rob Hubel. Rob Hubel, Kyle Kinane, mm-hmm. uh, David Huntsberger. How have uh, does everybody re- re- react the same? Yeah, I mean, it's it, the whole point of the one inch punch. It's like uh, the idea is because if you ever see somebody in Wing Chun, traditional Wing Chun does what's called center line punching, which we didn't. We don't center line punch because it's punching off the body. We do what was called power line punching. But the whole idea is, you see somebody doing a chung choy. In uh, in Wing Chun, what's a chung choy? That's this punch. Okay, uh, that's that punch. Yeah, it's just a, it's like a straight punch, a straight blast, as some people call it. But okay. if you just see this, it doesn't look like it can do much, right? Yeah. So what we would do is we would show a one inch punch. Usually, we'll have somebody hold a phone booth or a phone book, phone booth. A phone Jesus. booth, man. You guys I train hard. Phone booth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and like we do, Suck we'll a do dick, a one Rocky. inch. Holy God. <laughs> Holding phone booths. <laughs> so we'll, we'll do a one-inch punch on somebody uh, so they can feel it. So we say, okay, if you feel it from me only going an inch away and you feel it through your whole body, imagine if I'm going this whole distance with a fist mm-hmm. to your face because and, and, we're a headhunting system, you know, and so it kind of gets the idea across. That's the whole idea of doing the one-inch punch on somebody is so they can see, wow, you can generate a lot of power just from a short distance. Yeah, and you really can. That's that's no joke. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I've, I've seen you do it on guys and they've, they're, <laughs> uh, forget the term, blown back. Yeah. Uh, Which is also what the girl did to you in the green room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. Oh, would dude. have been better if I didn't fumble the room. It's, that's okay. That's it's, really it's, it's, room. See, I get, <laughs> you, you know, know what? what? A great lesson in martial arts and comedy. Like, I'm sure if you fumble... One little move, right? Or your yeah. timing's off. Like the, you, you're not yeah. going to get. It's uh, like a three inch punch. Uh, now, how much of uh, comedy do you actually um, uh, does correlate to your martial arts like thinking? Like uh, you've been doing stand up for six years, yeah, and you love it, yeah. And you, I mean, once you got into it, you just were like, yeah, this is first day on stage. You're like, this is what I'm going to do. You know, it's uh, like a lot of comics will say they got on stage, they got that first laugh and they were hooked. Right. And it's never been that for me. Like, and I, but I also know a lot of comics like were always funny. Um, like I was able to make my friends laugh. So like getting a laugh wasn't like, it didn't, it didn't have me go like, Oh God, I need this more for me. Mm -hmm. It's always been the science of comedy. Like the first time I went on stage, as soon as I got off immediately, I was like, okay, why didn't this work? Uh, this guy, I should have, I should have riffed. I, I mean, I literally, it's my first time on stage, but yeah, immediately yeah. I'm thinking I should have played off what this guy said. I could have said this. Yeah. Uh, this went better. Why did they laugh here? I, immediately, I'm thinking the science of it. Right. And it's always been that with, like, you know, I, I, it just blows me away still to this day. Like, I'm sure with you guys too. Like, you'll get a premise, and in your head, you're like, I fucking know this is funny. I know right. it's funny, and you go up and it eats shit, and it's not working. It's not working, and then you literally change one word. And it all of a sudden And then it all works. clicks. Yeah, yeah the works. fucking the, the clouds clear and the sun shines. And you're like, that's it. That yeah. was the fucking... Here's uh, the, the most frustrating part in comedy for me is when I come up with a premise. I haven't, I haven't written the joke. I haven't written the punchline. And I know that this same premise in the hands of another comedian, mm. he'll find or she'll find the answer. And he'll uh, and he or she will find the joke there. And I'm like, okay, so that means it does exist. It can yeah. happen. What the is it yeah and, and what's that joke and so you the same way kind of just appreciate the the analytics of comedy yeah absolutely absolutely wow. wait so that's very uh i mean that's much more logical uh that's are you very left brain thinking 
I mean, to like really look at comedy with the science of it. Like, how much of it when you're on stage are you thinking like in terms of like, you know, very technical, and how much are you like just letting loose and like and having fun and playing? Probably. Um, I mean, I think I, I like to think that I'm I'm in the moment because I'll play off something if it happens. Right. Um, but uh, so you get very technical and, and reflective afterwards. Yeah, and I like I. And plus, I don't, you know, sometimes I'm, I wonder if I have the, <laughs> like, I, I've talked to people about open mics, and, like, I think my mentality on open mics is different than a lot of people. Like, I, uh, I, I look at it like if I think of something and I think it's funny, like, I have enough confidence in myself that if I think it's funny, then I know it's funny. Like, mm-hmm. if, if I think of something and I go, oh, that's funny, then I already know it's funny. So, like, if I go to an open mic, I don't need the audience to confirm if it's funny or not. I already know it's funny. I'm just, I'm using the audience. Again, this is open mic. I'm using the audience to see is there something I didn't recognize in the premise that's getting laughs and, uh, and, and then just to rep it, you know, yeah. um, and just to get it out there and keep working it. But uh, with open mics, I, I'm, I'm always like, I don't need the audience to confirm that it's funny. I already know it's funny, which I don't know if that sounds douchey or, but that's just. No, for sure, know. Ben. We'll just, we'll just take that and move on. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and, what an asshole. And, no, no, no. Adam and I will privately judge you and yeah. just kind of put that little tidbit no, no. away. But, I mean, that's, hey, that's part of this whole process is, like, figuring out what works for you. Yeah. And there's, there's no comedy. You know, there are all these comedy classes and contests and whatever, but it's like the only way of figuring the shout out uh, is doing it. Yeah, and like I'm sure working at the parlor, you got to work with pretty much every big headliner that yeah. is doing it. Um, Adam Ray, Brad Williams, thank you. Yeah, two, uh, two of the least. <laughs> who uh, who were some of the, your favorites you got to work with, and who did you uh, really get to like learn some stuff from? Um, Greg Fitzsimmons, I love uh, Fitz Dog. Yeah, uh, he, he uh, one thing he did that was pretty fucking cool is every night before he would go on, right before he'd go on, he'd say, "Give me some, give me some, get him some." So one night we said avocado. And he goes out on stage, first thing out of his mouth, he goes, you know, the other day I'm eating an avocado, and I'm like, this is like the perfect, and he fucking starts just right then, and the next night, we said teepees, and he goes out, he's like, hey, it's great being here, you know, this is a great club, they got me staying in this fucking teepee, and then, and I mean, every night, it was, Please. which I was wow. like, that's fucking great. And, uh, and, but, and you see that, and you go, you're talking about someone who in their heart like they believe that they're funny and right. it's like now they're waiting for the they're waiting for the audience to catch up to them yeah he has that much confidence in his ability like okay let's yeah. go out there and that and it, he probably writes some new jokes that way yeah and he, it's a topic that he'll like he never thought to look at teepees going all right let's try to make yeah. teepees funny yeah and he i remember watching him he's one of the best at dealing with hecklers oh, uh man. i remember one night he fucking somebody said something and he just pauses and he goes what's that and he puts the mic in the guy's face and the guy mm-hmm. says it again and then greg goes yeah and the left, he leaves, he's leaving the mic in this guy's face the whole time. Wow. He just goes, yeah. And the guy says it again. And he goes, yeah. And he just keeps leaving it to where the guy eventually just literally makes the noise of, <laughs> and Greg just goes, exactly. <laughs> and it just fucking went Wow. Back. But, like, but and, and see that, like, wow. Because that right there, he, hand, he essentially gave the microphone to the heckler, which just about every comic will tell you, never fucking I mean, he was holding that. it, but he put it in right. his face. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ne- never let that heckler be loud, have that sort of power with the microphone that you do. But then... It's perfect because he goes, yeah, this isn't fucking easy. Yeah, he's just he's like, keep going, keep going. He let the guy literally hang himself and make him the guy let he let the guy make himself look like a fucking idiot. Yeah, and it was just how do you uh, now being a somebody who grew up around a lot of uh, black black people, people. Uh, you, black you, people. you you uh, uh, do a lot of black rooms. Yeah, I did the Bay Area Black Comedy Competition twice. Oh my god, I was the only white finalist one of the years. 
Well, now, what was that experience like? Uh, it was great. Uh, you know what's crazy is that that um, festival, I think more than any other festival I've been in, has gotten me a lot of stuff here. Like, I mean, it's a lot of black rooms uh, and a lot of urban urban black shows. Urban's just the new version of saying black. Yeah. Like, you know, be on the lookout for two urbans. But it's a... Uh, Jesus. It, what's wrong? Well, I know. That's fucking everybody. I'm not... I didn't make it up, but everybody says urban youths. It's just the it's the new version no, of saying... Yeah. It, it's more... It's probably... Um, it's more PC. Yeah. It's... It's, ugh, it it's stupid. Me. But, yeah. Uh, but like uh, the so the Bay Area Black Comedy Competition has been going on for twenty some years. I think you know they've had huge names in it. Mark Curry, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, and of, some huge names. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Mark uh, Curry, please come on the podcast. Yeah, like uh, I'm trying to think of oh um, Chris Tucker. Uh, I'm fuck. He's I mean, done they, a few things. They've in got his a career. bunch of people. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean they have a bunch of people. So uh, it, it's tough for you to think of one name because they all look alike to you. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Oh, the Urbans. Uh, the Urbans. <laughs> so uh, it's in Oakland, Oakland, California. Uh, Are there black people there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Who knew? And there was a few white comics in there. Like my my biggest pet peeve is a white comic doing a black room is I cannot stand. I call it white blackface is when a white guy goes up in a black room yeah. and basically does the most hacky like. You know, like, I can't dance. I have a small dick. I have good credit. And you're just like, come on, dude. And there was a dude in the uh, festival. His name was Noah, Jewish comic from Atlanta. And fucking really funny, smart shit. And I went up to him afterwards. And he knew exactly. I went up to him. I was like, hey, great shit. And thank you for not. And he said, not doing the, the white stereotypes i was like exactly and we mm. actually became pretty good friends from it but uh it was great i mean uh i love black rooms because they're they're very honest like you don't get courtesy laughs sure. and i've i mean i've i fucking ate shit in a black room actually it was right after the bay area i was opening for leslie jones who's one of my favorite people in the world yeah new cast member of saturday night live yes yeah big big les dog uh and uh <laughs> she uh it's a um, it's predominantly black room and uh I was doing a joke that I'd just done in the Bay Area that crushed in the Bay Area, and it was about interracial dating. And I think it's because the movie Jackie Robinson had come out. Basically, in the joke, I say, if you've never dated interracially, you should at least once because you'll get that person's best. I went out with a Puerto Rican girl. She said she'd never been with a white guy, so now I feel like I have all of Ireland on my back that I have to Mm -hmm. represent for. Up to that point, everything's fine. Everybody's with me. And then I said, and since she had never been with a white guy, basically, like to her vagina, my penis is the Jackie Robinson of cocks. Like I'm breaking color barriers. And that's where <laughs> things went south. And then, it, and then I got angry because this was in Bellevue. And I'm used to the white audiences being stuffy, but the black audiences usually right. are on board for everything. So then I just went, I was like, I feel like was I told they were, were they like Yankee fans or was it because they were like, <laughs> they were offended because of. I think it might be because the movie had just come out. Like, so it was like all fresh in everyone's yeah, mind. And then I, yeah. And then I said, I feel like all these white penises are looking up to mine. Like, come on, man, if you do good, we can all get in there. And then the line that fucking they really hated. Oh, that's a great joke. Oh, dude. And then I said, I feel, I, I was like, I'm worried there's going to be a sign above her vagina that just says, no whites allowed. Go around back. <laughs> and that's where they fucking. That's funny. Start I pulling. know. And so Start I got pull. pissed and I literally, I, I was so annoyed again, because I'm not used to the black crowds being stuffy there. I was just, I, I said, I go, I don't give a fuck. I, I was pissed. And I did the rest of my set. They fucking hated me. Leslie comes out and literally the well first when I got off stage she goes I'm glad you told him you didn't give a fuck fuck them and she mm-hmm. went out and her first 10 minutes was just shitting on them she's Perfect. like yeah I fucking I have I love her so much for that she just goes out she goes oh did Jay offend you you sensitive motherfuckers <laughs> nice. and then just fucking shit on him and then I was sitting in the back she's like Jay that was fucking great joke fuck them and then and 
just a credit to how great a comic she is. After saying all that, she fucking destroyed. Yeah, her, you know, she's, yeah, she's a monster. She's so good. Yeah, he's fantastic. And here, here, here's the thing: is I, I personally, you were the house MC at Parlor Live for three years. Yeah, three or four. Yeah, I think I, I think hosting is the most difficult job yeah. in comedy. You're going up there first while people are still getting their drinks, while they're still getting settled. They haven't established a rhythm of comedy yet. They don't yeah. necessarily know what the rules are. You set the tone, of the entire thing. So being a host for three years, I I really think that makes you a great like that could really oh, yeah. help you be yeah. a good comic. Well, there's so many great things that you got out of that because a like you know you're 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 the house MC so you're there every weekend yeah uh, five, five shows five shows yeah you almost and always pack a lot of repeat customers yeah um, also for your and and also the staff and the I'm sure that having uh, the staff and the owners being there all the time puts a little extra pressure on you to be like I, I want to you know do well in front of them because I want to you know upgrade in their eyes too yeah uh, professionally. And so uh, always trying to mix in new stuff. But also you don't want to do 10 minutes of new stuff because it's your job as a host to warm the show up. Yeah. And it's not an open mic for you. See, it's a it, professional it, paid show. And then they're also p- giving you announcements to do yeah. in between. Oh, I mean, it's, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was one thing I prided myself on is I, I tried to always have at least a new tag or something new every week. I mean, right. I didn't, it didn't always happen. But I tried. I really busted my ass. And like that's one thing I always try and say is I don't want anybody to outwork me. And then. The other thing, too, is like I... Uh, uh, do you always say that? Or does Michael Jordan say that? Uh, I say that about basketball. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, it, like, I, I say that I wasn't a good host. I don't think I'm a good host. Like, uh, I can do the announcements and all that shit, but, like, I'm not hosty host. Host, Like, I don't go okay, up there... Yeah, I want to ask, like, why do you say that? Because, <laughs> like, I don't give... You have give an idea a, of what the host is. Like, like um, Ralph Porter, who's in Seattle, Washington, I think okay. is one of the best hosts I've ever seen. He's fucking, he, he makes everybody feel, come in and, and like he, you know, birthdays, all that. Like I would never. And that's how he's in life too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Ralph Porter's great. And yeah. like, uh, he's one of my best buddies and he's just a fucking amazing comic, but he's, he's by far probably the best host I've ever, I've ever seen. Uh, just how he, he gets the crowd going and he, he does what a host is supposed to do. Me, I would, I would never go out and be like, Hey, any birthdays here? Unless it was something specific, like Ruben, the manager would be like, Hey, my friend's here. Can you? I would literally go out every week. I'd say 90% of the time I go, Hey, what's up parlay? And then I would just go into whatever I wanted to do that week. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say majority of the time I, I got the crowd going. Yeah. And so that was fine. But I, I was never like, uh, any birthdays here? Like, Oh, we got a guy over here. Hey, where's the military? I was, I didn't do all that. I hear stuff. what you're saying. And you know yeah. what? And I think there's pros and cons to that. I think, uh, you have to, at least from in my experience hosting, and I think just from in what I see in a host, you have to have a little bit when you first walk out of the, hey, how you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. A few comments here. Uh, at least a, like, you guys feeling good tonight? Whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Because you are the host of the party. Yeah. The same way you would if you were hosting a party. Like, getting up there and going right into bits is... <laughs> They haven't adjusted to like what's happening yet, and they want to kind of ease into it. But at the same time, yeah, when you're hosting a party, you just don't, you just don't go right into boggle, <laughs> yeah, or you don't open Bog- the do- you yeah. don't open the door. Hey, and, here's your me- drink. Yeah, here's your drink. You know what I think about fucking uh, Afghanistan? <laughs> like you, you you have to like you know, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Did you have a good day? Where you guys? How long did it take you to get here? Whatever. But at the same uh, token, uh, if you do, if you just uh, uh, don't do any of that, launch right into material. Uh, or if you do, I'm sorry, if you do all crowd work and all the, the pandering birthdays and stuff, yeah. then it can give the audience the idea that, like, oh, that's what the show is going to be And like. we should be able to talk. And then when and, the feature comes yeah. up and does all material, then they're like, oh, shit, I thought it was going to be interactive. Yeah, yeah like, you're not talking to us. Yeah, like there's the other guy. definitely pros and cons to both. I mean, I and then I, there was also, like, some comics would comment on it, uh, like, positively. I think it, I think it might have been Greg Fitzsimmons or maybe it was Bobby Kelly, but... 
they were like they said that like one of them was like yeah you're not a host you're a comic you know not saying you you know if you host you can't be a comic but i got what they meant they're like you're not like a host guy you're a comic you're, yeah you're a stand-up yeah. guy you know were there any uh, crazy horror stories from the parlor uh because i have one in mind that we both shared. oh together. god but i've I, told a few people i won't you? say the guy's name why not okay if you want that's fine <laughs> yeah it's a, it, it happened okay uh, and you want uh, me to tell how I tell the story? I want to hear it because actually I've told it a handful of times from okay. my end, and I, I would love to hear it from the other side. Okay, do All you right. know this story? I, I've heard bits and pieces. <laughs> All right, just make sure I sound like a hero in it. No, yeah. you okay? So <laughs> I'm hosting at the parlor. Uh, mm-hmm. The headliner, we're gonna say his name, yeah, Gary Valentine. Okay, all right, from okay. King of Queens. All right, okay. Um, so between the early show and the late show, mm-hmm. uh, I believe he drank a whole bottle of vodka to himself. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Now, let's preface by saying that I think he was... Uh, he was going through some shit. Yeah, and I also think. sometimes headliners uh, keep, want the green room to themselves. Yeah, right? yeah. They yeah. just say, hey, yeah. I don't want the other comics hanging out here. This is my time yeah. and my space. And guess what? You are uh, allowed that pr- yeah. privilege. Sure. Yeah. But um, it doesn't happen all the time. Right. So on the show, I'm hosting... Justin Ruppel, who used, who was the host before me, yep. is visiting. Yeah, on the podcast. He's been on here. Oh, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. And he's doing a guest spot. Uh, were you featuring or I just did a five-minute guest spot. I was okay. in town for like two days. Yeah, okay. Then Adam Adam's doing a guest spot also. Okay. Five minutes. Ron, Ron Funches is featuring. Holy yep. shit. That's Very a show. Very funny. Yeah. And Gary Valentine's headlining. I go up. I do my time. Everybody does their time. Everybody does great. Gary goes up. This is the last show of the weekend, Saturday night. Which okay. is usually one of the best shows. Right. Right. And Late he goes Saturday. up. Yeah. He goes up. And first thing, hey, guys, let's... Let's bring up everybody you saw tonight, which he had done at no other show. And let's keep in mind, too, so in between shows, nobody had seen him. Right, nobody had seen him. So oh uh, we're all just hanging out yeah. in the uh, back of the club or, or in whatever. In the pool room. In the pool yeah. room. Uh, there's a side room where you can play pool uh, in the parlor live. And uh, and so then when we all go up, we just kind of stand to the side. Well, no, let back. me tell how we went up. So, he, yeah, so I bring him up, and just like I had any, I didn't know anything. Then he's like, hey, guys, let's bring up everybody you saw. He's like, Big J, come up here. So I come up, and then this he goes. You, so now Gary is on stage. Yeah, he's on stage. So I've mm-hmm. done my time. Just Everybody's done their time. time. Everybody's done great. Yeah. I crushed. Uh, so <laughs> uh, Big J, come up here. And then Justin, Adam, as Adam walks out, he looks at everybody in the audience. He goes, hey, this isn't. Fucking weird. <laughs> and then it gets a laugh. And then and he's like, Ron, Ron comes out. And for those that don't know, uh, Ron's black. Yep. And he's the only black person on the show. He puts his arm around Ron. I don't know if you remember this. He goes, hey, Ron, you're the only one up here not black. And we're and that was the exact reaction all of us had. We were like, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if he was trying to say, like, Ron is, acts white or something. I don't know what the fuck that meant. Right. So we're all just I'm like. sure it was funny in his head. Yeah. So we're like, okay. And then we're just kind of sitting there. And I don't remember what Gary was talking about that second. But uh, Adam, I, I think you even said, you were like, hey, let's get the fuck out of here. What are we doing yeah, up here? Yeah, it was so weird. Because it was clearly, at that point, too, I had gotten the impression that he was, like, hammered. Okay. Because when he first went up on stage, I saw him, like, mime, like, <laughs> Air guitar to, his, <laughs> oh, yeah, to, that's to, right. the, to the song that was playing for his intro, right. and I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny because he was uh, acting really fucked up, and I'm mm-hmm. like, and he was like, he seemed visibly drunk, and I was like, he was doing a drunk thing, really <laughs> yeah. funny, like a drunk air guitar, guy. Yeah. and then it ends, and then he keeps slurring, and yeah. I'm like. Wow, he was committing to it afterwards. All right, cool. Let's see how long he does this, like, I'm a, I'm a drunk guy bit. And then it ends, and then he keeps talking, and then I'm like, and then he says something, and it doesn't get a laugh. And I'm like, oh, wait, he's really fucked up. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when he, like, called us all up, and then he had a tooth, right? Wait. Had, okay. I'll, I'll get to it. Right. I, yeah. Okay, so Adam, Adam's like, hey, let's, uh, let's get the fuck out. So we start 
trailing off the or we'd start getting off the stage because he wasn't saying anything. We yeah. were just standing up there, and he kept. And then he was like, well, "You guys, I think at one point he was like, do you guys, uh, do you guys want to, you guys, what do you guys want to do?'" And I was like, well, yeah. I'm gonna, uh, yeah. it's, "You're set, dude. Yeah. In your garage, yeah. fucking playing darts, motherfucker. Like, you guys want to play the air drums yeah. to get yeah. in this band?" Uh, so as he's talking, like we're starting to get ready to walk off the stage, and as he's talking, all of a sudden. His side tooth falls out of his mouth onto the stage. And you what? hear it hit the ground. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, it hits, and then he goes, "Ah, oh, you know, I got this. I got this crown." And he puts it back in his fucking face, and then starts talking. About thirty seconds later, boop, it falls out again on the stage, and we're now we're off the stage, and. And he picks it up and he goes, oh, God, you know, I don't know what to do. And somebody in the front row goes, how about you tell a joke? Oh, boy. At that point, he goes, he, on stage, he's saying, oh, here, let me go back and I'm going to try and fix this. And, let me, and right as he's saying that, all of a sudden, somebody starts hitting me and going, Jay, 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 get the back on stage. And I go, what? They go, he's getting off. So I start running towards the stage. I fucking hit Adam. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to go up and do like 20. I'm going to bring you up or I'm going to go up. You and, just brought me or, up right away. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay, okay. In, in my story, I do like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I got Hilarious. a standing ovation. Yeah. Then I bring Adam exactly. up. They yeah. carried him off the stage. Yeah. And then like yeah. a few people were left there to okay. see Adam. Everyone was like, Jay, Jay. <laughs> Fuck Adam, Jay, <laughs> exactly. Jay, fuck More Jay. Yeah. Okay, so as I'm running up, I, I remember I hit you, and I was like, hey, I'm going to bring you up. Yeah. So I go back up, and I remember uh, Gary gets off, and it's fucking pretty quiet in there. Can and I tell I, you what I remember what he said before he walked off? Sure. We were all backstage, and Ruben runs back, and he's like, he's, this is terrible. What's going on? Like, he's like, what is happening? Like, is, is he that an Asian up? accent? <laughs> he's, like, oh, is he, he's like, what's going oh, on? What, what is going on? <laughs> very Valentine. There we go. I feel very and terrible. then I go, I go Ruben, he's, uh, he's hammered. Uh, I go, there's no way he's going to finish the show. And he was like, wait, what are we, are we going to like pull him off? And as he says, I love how re- the manager's asking you what we're going to do. Hey, I mean, Adam, what are we going to do? Are we going to pull him off? I mean, that's just hey, how it went yeah, down. we're hey. going to give him a bonus to me. Well, so they <laughs> guest spot comic. Yeah. I know I run the place, but you yeah. make the call. I mean, you know, and, and at that point too, I had a lot of just like pride in my city and my home club, and it was, and the crowd was so great. Oh for yeah. All yeah. Of us. Mm-hmm. So it was like, also, it was like, man, these people are going to get a shitty show, and they're going to like Yelp review the yeah. fuck out of this club because right. like. This there's no way he's doing an hour. Right. It, was, it didn't seem like he was going to do any more time than he was. And then as we're like trying to figure out what we're going to do, I literally just hear him go, "We'll try it again next time," and waves. <laughs> and that was his way of being like, "Did um, he become deaf when he said that?" <laughs> I'm trying again next time. Hey, we'll try it again next time. <laughs> yeah. okay. we'll try again next time. <laughs> when I when I come back, I'm going to so do my interpretation up. of the play The Miracle Worker. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up, but so. It, well, it, so fucked up. So then he walks off, and then that's when you go, Adam, I'm bringing you well, up. But yeah, and so now I go up there and still trying to cover for the guy. I'm yeah. trying to cover for the guy in my head. I was like, you know, I, you know, not that I fucking have any effect on anybody, you know, or this is going to affect his career. Jesus. Or but I'm <laughs> not that I have any effect on anybody. Well, no, I'm just in my head. I'm thinking, gotcha. you know, cover for the guy. So okay. I, I'm on stage, and, and it's dead silent. I go, hey, guys, you know, you saw Gary's tooth. He went to the dentist today, and he's still messed up on... The, the whatever the fuck it's called. The laughing guy. Yeah. The, yeah. I go, he's still messed up. Right when I say that, Ron Funch is on the side, dead silent, just starts fucking howling, laughing. Yeah, yeah. And I just and go, his laugh is great. Yeah. And I go, yeah. Jesus, Ron, thanks. Uh, and I go, and then I said, okay, I'm going to bring up, uh, while, while we're figuring out, or while Gary's figuring that out, I'm going to bring up Adam that brought you up, and then you take it from here. Yeah, well, then I just went up, and then it was like, I. You know, had to comment on it, so I was like, "Keep it going for whatever." I go, I go, wow. I go, what the fuck was that? And I, just, I go, I go. You know what? That's why live comedy is great. Because you know what? 
Sometimes you come, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you come for one thing, you might get something else. It's like sometimes you go to Denny's and you order a root beer float. And you're like, I really want a root beer float. A root beer float was advertised. I think a root beer float would taste great right now. And then they bring you out a, a fucking a boot full of shit. And you're like, I didn't order a boot full of shit, but I'm hungry, so I'm still going to eat it. But hopefully the root beer float comes back out. And then that, like, that commented on it without being like totally right. But I had to. And then I was like, anyway, I go, and then I just like, Use that to launch into something, and then did twenty, and then Jay brought Ron and did yeah. I think another twenty. You did another twenty, and and the crowd was so great that like we finished it yeah. out strong. And I mean, I don't know if there was any um, backlash from that night. He's been back, but I mean, like, did go. anybody review? Or uh, was there any sort I don't, of... I don't know. To be honest with you, because people started booing. I remember, and people, yeah. somebody threw something, and also no, that was his tooth that just fell out so again. funny. Yeah. That was God. That tooth fell out twice. Yeah. I forget that. Wow. What, what was cool is you got paid for covering that time, right? So funny. <laughs> what? Jay's like. I so think, I, I, I can you. Uh, <laughs> what I'm trying. What I'm trying to say oh, is, can Jay. you loan me twenty bucks? No, Jay, that was so. Yeah, Jay was like, dude, you saved the show. Yeah. Be a lot of bad uh, business that wouldn't come in. He's like, you should. Pro-. And you know, I don't know, man. I I, I think <laughs> I handled it the right way. I just I go, you know what, man? Hopefully, this is just something they remember and that I um, yeah. that they pocket away this this evening and 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 it pays its well, for itself. Later. What's amazing is that if you take that exact lineup now, Jay, uh, Adam Ray, Ron Funches, and you tell the average person on the street you could see Gary Valentine or Jay, Adam Ray, and Ron like Funches. Gary Valentine. Boy, we are really <laughs> just making it apparent that Gary Valentine will not be on this podcast anytime. We'll have him on. And, and, and Gary's a funny dude. I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to take no, it away from him. He's very funny. But, 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 but like Ron with the Undateable show, yeah. he's shooting up. Adam's in a, been in oh, a, a $100 million movie called The Heat, which he never mentions. And yeah. Jay, uh, you've moved. Oh, God, I knew it. <laughs> You're in a two-bedroom apartment with two other guys. You know what, though, Jay? But you have moved. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Philosophical. Here we go. And in the words of the great Bruce Lee. Yes. uh, Brad? No, no, no. I got this one. I got this one. Are you doing the the Cantonese? Welcome back back to one-up racism. (laughs) I'm going to try to one-up. No, I'll do it in my normal voice. In the words of Bruce Lee, it's not the things you do that define who you are. It's the choices you make that fill up your dreams. <laughs> Adam's trying to remember every fortune cookie he's One ever fish, read. Two fish, yeah. red fish, blue fish. In uh, bed. <laughs> no, but you know what? You uh, moving down here is such a big fucking deal, and uh, and to you know you talked about it for a while, and you did it when it was the right move, yeah. and uh, and you got so much good experience up there. And quite honestly, you could have moved five years ago. But it wouldn't have been the right time right, yeah. because you didn't do it. Yeah. You know, you can't when you when you do something. I feel like it's the right time to do it because you're always going to be. You knew you're going to have to start over, yeah, yeah. Uh, more or less. Yeah. You know, but like you felt you were at a place where you were comfortable and confident enough. And when you did it, like obviously you came down just a fucking horns ablazing. Yeah, I won that March Comedy Madness thing, which was kind of a fluke. Uh, or not a fluke that I won it, but it was like a fluke that I even entered it. Uh, because when I moved down here, I saw the advertisement for it, and I was like, okay, this will get me on some of these major stages. Right. Um, and yeah, because Explain to the uh, young comics who don't know, like, you're coming down to a place. I mean, I started here, okay. so I know how difficult it is to – the process of getting yeah. – not only just past at the big clubs, but just getting yourself acclimated to the area and getting – 
people a lot of it is is the hanging out part yes uh and being around so that you can put yourself in positions to this network is- and then have somebody if you end up in a conversation i can't tell you how many shows i got early on where it was just like hanging out with somebody and then they liked you so they were like hey come do this show with me I'll drive, or if you drive, I'll get, or whatever. There's yeah. just, like those, those are the ways a lot of things happen. These are the, this is like the speeches I've been giving my buddies that, like, my, my good friend Kane's getting ready to move down here. Not speeches, but these are like the things I've told him. I was like, one, people talk about, like, oh, it's so hard to get stage time. Okay, if you are coming down to L.A. thinking, I'm only going to do the Laugh Factory, the store, and the improv, yeah, you'll never go up. Yeah. But if, you, if you're, like, it, like you were at wherever your local place is, uh, there's literally probably seven to eight mics you can do a night at various bars and sure. shows all over the city. You can go to comedybureau.org or .net or whatever it is. It lists all of them. It's really easy to figure out. So you can go up every night. Uh, you don't, they're, the ha-ha costs, but the rest of them don't. Uh, so as far as stage time, there's stage time out there. Um, uh, I you told, all, And you hit all those, yeah? I try and hit as many as I can. Like I try and go up every night uh, unless I just got back from somewhere. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's good to take a night off. Yeah, and then uh, I told the other thing I told Kane is I was like, when you get here, plan on being at the store, plan on like go in your head, go okay, I'm going to go to the store for four hours, knowing I'm not going to go up, right? But that's fine. Yeah, like people just have to get to know you, they have to see yes. you, and you have to be furniture. Like you have to, yeah, you know, you have to. People have to start associating you, your face, and your name with stand-up comedy. Yeah, and that's going to take a while of just hanging out. Yeah, and not even being seen. Because guess what? Even if you're not going up, and uh, we know that we're seeing you around. It's like I, a lot of the young comics I see around that I have never seen do stand-up. I know that they're getting up other places. Right, and and just seeing them around at least build some rapport because yeah. they go out of the way to say hello. And then eventually when they somehow get on a show that I'm either on or I pop into a room and see them yeah. and I maybe see them and I see something funny, then it's like, oh, shit, now now because you've built, you've gone out of your way to like build some rapport, it's going to make me even more um, receptive to want to go up and go, hey, and I saw yeah. your shit. Like, I didn't, you know, funny, you know, yeah, yeah. the relationship continues to blossom. And if there's, wherever you're moving from, if there, if you've made like a relationship with like, uh, like my scenario, I was a house MC, so I worked with guys and a lot of them, uh, like everybody will say, hit me up. But mm-hmm. then there are ones that are legit with when they say that. Like, and I tell everybody because these people have been so so nice to me. Like Doug Benson been very nice to me. Alonzo Bowden has been extremely nice to me. He he uh, helped me get past the Laugh Factory. Like he oh, that's great. he vouched for me to Jamie Masada. Jamie saw me then passed me. Uh, John Reap he talking to John. I was, but now explain. Let me stop you real quick. Sure. There. Now now tell, like but so but past the Laugh Factory like that's cool. <clears throat> but like. But now there's now there's also the additional thing of like getting into the rotation yeah. and getting spots. Yeah, I got so just so people that. listening know, it's like getting like there's yeah, so many right. steps to shit because okay, like, me, I, saw, I saw how excited you got there, which is great. But it's also like just so you know that like you know that the work's not done. Oh but, yeah, you but know, I know yeah. you know that. Yeah, yeah. But for people listening, okay, it's like, I'll explain it. I'm, just to break down the difference between sure. like because when you get down here too, and I went through it too, where it's like you 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 need things to validate yourself, and you need all the like. Uh, Again, like you said, like young comics want to be uh, further along than they are. Yeah, so yeah. it's like once you get, you know, whether it's a festival or a special or a TV set or whatever, or passed at a big club. But then it's like, all right, like getting those things are cool, but it's like it's it's the work. There's no finish line. There's yeah, no yeah. finish line. And the spots are what you want. The, mo- yeah. I mean, the multiple spots because that's how we all get better. So it's like now you have to tell yourself, great, I did. I put myself in position like you did it, like with your work ethic and your relationships to get that laugh factory thing passed. And so now you're now you got to tell yourself, now how do I get to the now? How, <laughs> what do I got to do to now get in a rotation? Yeah, and like 
and, and, uh, and the hangout thing is a part of it. Well, let me tell you even how that went. So it's so funny, like the whole Laugh Factory thing. Uh, uh, Lonzo, uh, I've worked with Lonzo at the Parlor Bunch, and then I've featured for him at a couple different places. Um, and so uh, he he tells me one night, he hits me up. He's like, hey, I'm going to be at the Laugh Factory. Meet me there. So I was like, cool. He's like, I want to introduce you to Jamie. So I get I meet him at the Laugh Factory. We're downstairs. He introduced me to Jamie. He says, Jamie, this is my guy, Jay. He's very funny. I want him to audition Jamie for Masada, you. Jamie Masada, owner of the Laugh yes. Factory. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, I want, him to, I want you to audition him or showcase him or however, whatever it's called uh, so you can pass him. So, Jamie, okay, buddy. Okay, buddy. I literally was from downstairs. I go upstairs. Uh, they're still talking. Alonzo comes up like maybe five minutes later. He goes, all right, two weeks. I go, what? He goes, two weeks, you're, you're showcasing for Jamie. I was like, oh, Jesus, thank you. And so literally a minute after that, Jamie walks up, mm-hmm. and Alonzo goes, okay, Jamie. And he's pointing at me. He goes, two weeks, right? And Jamie goes, what? And he goes, two weeks, right? And he goes, I, uh, what do you? He goes, Jesus Christ, Jamie, I just told you, two weeks, he's going to audition for you, right? Oh, yes, yes, buddy. So I contact uh, Cecily, who sets that all up. And Cecily, it, the, she's kind of Jamie's assistant. Yes. Kind of. Yeah, books everything. And from that, where it was two weeks out, that turned into about three months. Uh, <laughs> and then I got a, uh, I finally got a date that I was going to showcase. And then the day of that date, uh, I'm so she emails me. I'm so sorry, but he's not going to be there. Can we move it to like three weeks later? Yeah, sure. Three weeks later comes. I'm going. I do the audition. And for anybody that doesn't know, when you audition, it's after the open mic, mm-hmm. uh, and there's nobody there usually, other than the comics that were on the open mic, which Ooh, could are, be a homeless yeah. person, uh, or and then the other few comics. So there's maybe 20 people in this room, mm-hmm. and then Jamie. Uh, but for whatever reason, this night that I'm auditioning, the the next show, a bunch of the people came early. So we actually have an audience. Good. Wow. So I go up. And I fucking, I have a great set. So I'm like, sweet. I couldn't have asked for a better set. Cecily comes up to me. She goes, I'm so sorry. Jamie had to leave. <laughs> so oh my God. she goes, so we're going we're gonna to have you come back next week. I was like, okay, cool. Next week comes. And let, th- I think that's another big thing with, with here and comedy in general is you got to be able to roll with the punches and not get bent out of shape. Right. Shit. Stuff's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to work so out. So every time I was just like, okay, it is, you know, it is what it is. So the next week, uh, there's no audience. It's the, the nightmare scenario. It's just the comics. I go up, I do my set and it, it is what it is. You know, uh, it doesn't feel good compared to the previous week, of course. but, uh, um, also you've built up in your mind too, of like, you want it to be perfect right. because you're like, I know what I'm, I can control what I do. You want that other stuff to be perfect. Right. And you can't help but like concern yourself with that because yeah. you're like this is my fucking life yeah, yeah. so can please like you, you 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 want the outside world and the comedy clubs and all these people involved to know how much this means to you so you you know you, yeah. you can't send emails being like can you please make sure <laughs> right. there's a crowd there right. can Jamie right. please not fail <laughs> yeah. again yeah. i moved down here and this is a yeah. really big deal exactly but like you that is like you can't help but concern yourself with that right um and like you said like getting to a place to where you're just having to roll with the punches because Everything I think about this business has everything against you. Yeah. So you just have to like know that I'm going to control what I'm going to do up there. Exactly. And then if it if it happens, it was supposed to happen. Like I always say, I always try and think of myself uh, like think of being a tank. Like I always say, be a tank because a tank is always moving forward. It takes hits. It'll take bullets. It'll take shots. But it just keeps fucking moving forward. So that's why I always try and say is just be a tank. Was that a nickname when you were a kid? No, that <laughs> was Melon. Was my nickname? Because I was a fat kid. Melon. Melon. I'm a fat adult. You so. know what I always call as a fat kid? Jello Jiggler. 
Dirk's, uh, Dirk's childhood name. <laughs> is that clever as shit? Dirk, Jello Jiggler? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, you said you were a fat kid. Yeah. 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 Now you look at you, fucking top specimen. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, okay, so I, uh, so I auditioned this next week. how quickly I turned away. Uh, Jay's yeah. on me. <laughs> uh, uh, so I auditioned, and then they say, okay, those that showcased meet with Jamie in the lobby, so I go out in the lobby, and everybody's just bombarding him. So sure. I just kind of stood to the side, and I was like, well, I don't want to bug him well. And so I just waited, and then he gets done talking to him and then he he looks over at me he goes okay you are past uh you email cecily you get spots you do showcase or you do new faces and you're on your way and then that was it and so now that was uh so i emailed cecily uh you know that day or the next day or whatever and she's like okay it'll be like three months and that was like uh like four months ago and i still have not gone up right you know so like you said it's just so and, then, and this, I mean, I get it. Like, I, that's my whole thing is coming down here. You got to you have to get it. Like, you have to understand nobody gives a shit about what you were in your home city. You know, like you, you're, you're low man on the totem pole. But if you go into like, no, and I'm not saying, you know, don't take pride in what you do or anything like that. But you, you can't come here with like a chip on your shoulder or like I was the, you know, the bee's knees in fucking Scotts, Scottsdale. Right. Now, right. do you think you now, cause what, what did you do? Cause there's two, there's two sides of everything. Uh, so what did you do to help that situation? Like, so you got passed and then you just kind of sat back and go, cool. Now I just take the spots, right? Uh, no, I, did, I emailed did you, her. I mean, did you like go to the laugh factory at all? Did you try to like find out when Jamie was there and go back down there and see him again? Like, did you do anything? No, I like, I emailed, I emailed the next day. She says it'll be like three months and I was like, okay, cool. And then, uh, since then, I mean, I've been out on the road doing a lot of different stuff. I mean, B rooms, I'm not in the A rooms like you guys. Uh, all good. Yeah. So, but when you are in town, time have, you time. Gone, have you gone down there? Uh, I went there once with, uh, Alonzo again. In the four months that you got passed, how many times? Once probably. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'll say to that is that. You know, there's again. You can control like you gotta yeah, yeah. do what you can control. And uh, and again, since there's no fucking comedy business networking book or whatever, right. and there's things you just pick up from doing this shit. But like, uh, you know, they you're right. They showcase a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And you, not that you shouldn't think you're the bee's knees, but like you gotta think like they 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 should get to deserve to have me in their club. Uh, and Jamie sees a lot of people, and the fact that he already forgot. Five minutes after yeah. uh, well, Alonzo set it up means that he's got a lot of shit on his mind. He's also right. been doing this for 40 years. So he's not fucking thinking about how he's going to make Jay Hall yeah, yeah. with his career. Um, so with that being said. Keep like, going back there. Keep, yeah. keep, and but I, I, keep but reminding I, him you exist. Out of sight, out of mind. So it's yeah. like you, yeah. like what you should have done in that time is not, see, once you got past, you were like, wow, I got what I wanted to get, which is getting past. Now I sit back and let this shit come to me. I, I wasn't that way, though. You, you know, even, even if you weren't thinking, no, no, my, uh, like, let me, let me, finish, let me right. even if you weren't thinking, that. even if you even if you weren't thinking that <laughs> yeah. way, uh, you have to always like the work is always has to be done on your own. And, yeah. and thinking that stuff is you're going to get to a point where things are coming to you. I mean, uh, might happen, but that's like fucking Will Smith, Adam Sandler. No, I never status. think that. Like, I, know, I didn't say you did, but I'm just saying <laughs> I you always you always got to think. <laughs> from my own experience, yeah. you have to the out of sight, out of mind thing is like. Is big. Like I once I got past the comedy store, I was like, oh man, I shouldn't have to keep hanging out to get spots. But then once you, fi- I figured out that like, man, I, like I started getting a ton of road work and I was gone. And I was like, man, uh, and then would go two weeks where I wouldn't get a spot. I was accustomed to getting at least one a week. Uh, I was like, man, maybe I need to go pop back in, and I would, and it would like refresh. Mm, and Tom and yeah. I would talk, and we were talking, mm-hmm. talk about the road, and they'd say, come back in, and just being in there. Because there's so many comics and, yeah, yeah. and they're yeah. thinking about so much other stuff. He's not thinking about where's that. He just doesn't see me call in or be around. Yeah. And same with Jamie, who's not around a lot. So it's like, 
you know, what would have been a cool thing to do was like figure out when Jamie was going to be there, go back down there two weeks later, hang out, take advantage of the connections yeah. you made in Seattle of the people who go up at the factory to hang out with them and let Jamie see, oh, these guys fucking know Jay and I they just know passed him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, Maybe yeah, I'll give them a spot. Because mm-hmm. even when I got passed, it took a lot of that for Jamie to start seeing me around yeah. with Chris and, and Cowan and guys that was like, oh, shit. And then um, so just my points, all that being like, there's all, just always think what else could I be doing? Yeah, yeah. You know, no, I should and look at how you're saying it. Yeah, I should have. What was going through my head is when they when they said, "Okay, you're passed." Then I, immediately I emailed Cecily. I'm like, "Okay, cool. Now what's the next step?" And when she said, "Okay, well, we, you know, it's going to be like three months." So email me again in three months. And what it wasn't like in my head. I was just like, "Oh, I'll sit back and wait." What and I. But and that's what you did, even though you didn't. No, no, it. no. I know what I'm yeah, saying yeah. is though what was going through my head, and and this happens a lot with like emailing bookers and shit. Is I, I hate being a pest. I hate being fucking annoying. Yeah, there's that. And so there's, there's that line you got to draw. Yeah, and like that, that's what, that's why I suggested the like going like there's a no. I know. I'm agreeing with you. To I go should around have. the pesting. And yeah. yeah, and you know, and that's the tricky balance of in all this is finding the balance. Of like how much do I like when we're booking podcast guests? When we first tried to get Dane and Whitney, like I had to stay. Okay, on them. we get it. I had to stay on them <laughs> and Paul Feig and Lisa Kudrow and Bob Saget and Kevin Jay Neal Hollingsworth and, and, and Jay Hollingsworth. Yeah. Right? Sorry, right, it took right, me a while, guys. I've been busy. But it's like <laughs> busy you, not going to the last there's that, there's that balance of like of of being persistent without and proactive right. without being annoying and, and, a, and a pest. And if you think I'm being a pest, then you are being a pest. Hmm. But if you think like, no, I'm a good guy. I'm not annoying. I'm not like. This is my career. Like, then you're going to come off that way. Yeah. You know? No, listen, I mean, I agree with you. I should have. And this is just all my own experience. No, dude, it. I agree. I, agree. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why you say, like, uh, you know, you, I always say, stay humble, stay hungry, stay on the grind. You know, like, you, you got a I got of, a lot of sayings. You got a lot of sayings. You love from the martial arts thing. You're like, a, I love it. Yeah, I, do, don't, did. That's another one. Did? Yeah. Well, dude, that, don't, did. Well, that yeah. sounds like my fucking, that sounds like <laughs> Gary Valentine when he got off the stage of the parlor. Dude, don't, did. We'll do that again next time. <laughs> you know, all right. You want to come talk to people? Again. Where's my tooth? Uh, but, but see, but see, here, here, here's the thing is uh, Adam does give you that advice, and, and, and we do say those kinds of things to you because we know you're funny. Yep. We know you're that. good. If you I, weren't, I don't we, waste my, we dude, wouldn't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, man. I, I mean, people, that's the, and you're receptive to it too. I always yeah. know that because anytime yeah. we've worked at the parlor and you've all, every time I come up, you always ask questions and stuff and you know that I'm going to shoot you straight. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's, a, and that's another quality too. That's, that's great that you have. That's going to help you down here is that you're, you're eager to learn and get better and take, and you know, and, and you figure out too, like people can give me advice and I can pick and choose what I want right. Matt, to apply to my shit. That being said, you should listen to everything I fucking say. <laughs> because, Did I tell you the advice? Because I was in a movie. Uh, but wait, what's that? I, t- I think I told you this before. The weirdest advice I ever got yeah. at the parlor from uh, Ralphie May. Far away. Did I tell you this? No. Okay. And just like you said, it made me think of it because I always say, I'll always listen to what somebody has to say and then decide, can I apply it or not? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he never saw any of my sets, which is fine. Like he doesn't, he wouldn't come into the showroom until Billy Wayne, his feature was on stage. So one time he, he comes in, Billy Wayne's on stage. He comes in, he's walking by me, hadn't seen any of my set. And he goes, Hey, why don't you, why don't you talk about your size on stage? And I'm like, Oh, well I, you know, I have an opening joke where I address it. If I'm doing like a set somewhere, he's like, you should talk about it more. And then just walked into the green room. I was like, all right. Uh, but I mean, my whole thing is I don't want to be the six, eight comic. Like I address right. and then move on. Then we're in the green room and he, he's look, he's serious. He's looking at me serious. He goes, Hey man, can I give you some advice? So again, that whole thing, I'm like, sure. I'll always listen and then decide from that. Very seriously. He looks at me, he goes, Hey man, lose the beard. And I go, what? He goes, people don't trust people with beards. 
And I go, you mean like like Santa Claus and Jesus? <laughs> and Billy mm-hmm. Wayne laughs. And he goes, hey, I'm just saying. Uh, Don DeLuise? Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, fat joke. Oh, no. Uh, oh, beard joke. Yeah, I got it. Uh, <laughs> oh. You could have said Duck Dynasty. You could have said ZZ Top. But you went with Dom DeLuise. Uh, He's a great beard. <laughs> oh, fat beard. Uh, so, <laughs> fat beard? Yeah. Fat beard's the worst pirate ever. Yeah, <laughs> he was true. a Captain Hook. Yeah. yeah. He was my next album. <laughs> <laughs> he was next in line if Smee didn't work out. <laughs> uh, so he, he was like. <laughs> yeah, he says all that, and he goes, hey, I'm just telling you, they tell politicians and car salesmen to be clean-shaven so they're more trustworthy. And I'm like, those are the worst, like, those are the least trustworthy jobs. Right. And he goes, you just don't, you don't see leading men, like, with beards. And then he gets up and leaves. And thirdly, shave your pubes into a dandelion. <laughs> yeah. And like, then he what? leaves, and Billy, me. Billy Wayne goes, uh, he goes, yeah, he's been telling me that for years. It's because he can't grow facial hair. <laughs> and I don't know if that was Billy Wayne fucking yeah. with me or what, but I was right. just like, all right. But it, 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 it's one of those things where... A lot of people are going to give you advice. Like, like you say, you do kind of pick and choose what, what works, what don't. And uh, so far, what, what you've been doing is the advice someone must have told you to bust your ass yeah, that, yeah. because that's exactly what you're doing. Uh, you, you did it up in Seattle. Now, now you do it here in L.A. And I hope people listening to this uh, can take something from that. And t- and take something from how hard you're working, and yet how you can still analyze the situation and go, all right, don't push it so hard now. Wait, but then, like, I mean, like you know, you know, you know what you're doing. You're you're gonna succeed in this business. And guess what? You fi- you figured out. Uh, this whole exp- that whole laugh factory experience from being down here. Right. Now you're going to learn from that. If you didn't move down here like for five more years, then it would be another five more years where that type of experience you were going to get to grow from. Where where can our listeners find you online? Uh, I'm well, big. They can Irish. Find you in life. Just fuck yeah. it. They just, just walk, walk out the window. Just walk yeah. outside. Yeah. Uh, I'm big Irish J on all social media sites. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I have a podcast, the Hollings Worthless Podcast. Yep, it's a great podcast. Uh, thank you. And Phil, you know my co-host, yeah. Phil. You never did it, did you, Brad? Or did you do uh, it? I, I have no idea. I need to do it. He'll be uh, back up there. Well, Phil now has moved down here. Oh, okay. And so, like, we, we had been sloughing a little bit. because Have it, us come over. Oh, dude, I would love to yeah. have you guys. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, but it's the Hollings Worthless Podcast. It's uh, on the Potaholics Comedy Network, potaholics.com. My website's bigirishj.com. That's pretty much All your tour dates are on there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, nah, God. It's nah, nah, I love women. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. <laughs> show. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We had laughs and stories. Now go listen to more episodes on iTunes or your phone. Subscribe and tell your family and everyone you know. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also... 
Get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.